With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, boys and girls. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. This is episode number 64, and you are hearing the voice of Fran the Sage Poet. I am the host of the Exceptional Scribble Show. And on behalf of one of the co-hosts, and I am referring to Queen Nikki Taplin, otherwise known as Nikki Ferdow Spirit. Unfortunately, she's not here with us in body, but she's here with us in spirit tonight. Uh, Duty Calls, of course, you know that she is the CEO of Business Solutions, and she has a an assignment, a special assignment that she's on at the present time. And she is actively a public relations representative for a client, so she's not able to be with us on the air tonight. So we're sending her love, we're sending her support, and we're sending her warm wishes tonight. And yes, we do miss her, but she'll be back, ladies and gentlemen, so don't cry. She's not leaving us. She's just away for a little while. <laughs> and of course, you know Queen Zipporah Thalman, the other co-host of the Exceptional Scribble Show, will be joining us later tonight. She is the lead facilitator for the Publishing Tips Hour. So at 10 o'clock p.m., Queen Zipporah Thalman will be facilitating the Publishing Tips Hour. Also, between 9 and 10 p.m., we're going to have our open forum discussion tonight. And we do have a specific uh, area of focus for all who are listening. We are going to be talking about the NDAA law, the National Defense Authorization Act, and we also will be discussing PANDA and a little information about the founder and what the mission of PANDA is. And then we're going to be interviewing within the hour. We are privileged tonight because we're going to have an exclusive interview with Mr. John Paul Jack Harris, Jr. Yes, Mr. Harris is the special guest in the spotlight tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So be ye prepared. Have your notepads, have your notebooks, have your pencils, and have your pens ready to take excellent notes because you're going to receive good reference information. This is the information that you will find beneficial to you, yes, in the future as well as right now, currently in the present day. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm hoping that you are ready for an informative 
an informative forum session tonight on the panel of the Exceptional Scribble Show because that's what you're going to get. And, yes, this will be an enrichment time as well for those of you who are literary artists because you're going to be graced to hear some good poetry as well. So be prepared. This will be an excellent, excellent experience for everyone, for the parents as well as for the children. And at this time, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a fine introduction to the special guest in the spotlight, Mr. John Paul Jack Harris, Jr. Listen attentively that you may gather information about this remarkable man who is referred to as the Renaissance Man. Yes, the Renaissance Man. So I don't want you to miss out on getting this good information because when he begins to share from his soul and from his heart, you will have been prepared to receive what you're going to get. So let me prep you at this time. Mr. Jack has been awarded as Ambassador for Peace by the Unification Church. Mr. Jack worked with the Pennsylvania Game Commission's Black Bear Research Project, serving as a professional hunting and fishing guide. And to purchase John's book, he has a book, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who have Internet access to purchase John's book, Beyond My Wildest Dreams, visit www.jackswildlifedreams.com. I repeat, www.jackswildlifedreams.com. Mr. Jack Harris has presented was presented a certificate of recognition from the American Red Cross of Lackawanna County for his valuable service in response to Hurricane Sandy on October 2012. So Mr. Harris is not just your average U.S. citizen. He is an honorable mention, ladies and gentlemen. He has dedicated his life time to servicing his fellow Americans and also not just people, but earth, being a preservationist of the wildlife reserve, being one who believes in saving Mother Earth, being a conservationist, one who conserves that which is the fruit of the earth, what earth brings to us or brings forth for us that we are nourished from, the rivers, the plant life, the marine life, all those things, animal stock. 
We have to preserve and conserve, ladies and gentlemen. So tonight you're going to be privileged to receive a lot of valuable information that will prove beneficial to even saving your own life and the lives of those you love, your family, your community, your country, your countrymen. So it's very important, this information that you're going to hear tonight, you will not want to miss out on taking notes. This is very, very important information that you're going to get. So without any further ado, I am presenting and introducing to everyone Mr. John Mm -hmm. Jack Harris. (laughs) Welcome, Mr. Harris, to the Exceptional Scribble Show tonight. Thank you, Francine. This is very, very important to me, and I can't thank you enough for letting me uh, try to get my words out uh, on, on this presidential year. Yes, and you're very welcome. Um, We definitely believe on this platform that liberty and liberty of speech, liberty of expression is so vital. Um, So many of us take that liberty for granted until we're faced with the evidence of it being taken from us. So we definitely welcome you with open arms tonight to express all of what you, um, being the pro-life activist that you are, all of what you stand for, all of what you represent. And um, at this time, what I'm doing is extending to you the mic and anything that you would like to share by way of, I would say, artistic expression, whether it might be a uh, rhyming uh, verse, it could be a proverb even. Uh, We definitely would love for you to open up uh, with the starter for tonight's interview. It could be a poem that you did author. now is the time to share um, via the arts, via artistic expression or literary art, uh, whatever that might be, whatever the message is that you came with uh, to share with all of the listeners in our audience tonight. Uh, well, my first, my first message is actually uh, that I honestly believe and that I believe I could prove that God resides in the heart of all men. If you want to talk to God, Mm. all you have to do is look into your own heart. And the way I can prove that, very simply, is to just go back four or 500 years in time when the Native Americans did not know that the Europeans existed. Uh, Mm. the The people in the Pacific Islands did not know that other races existed. But they Mm -hmm. all believed in a higher power. Uh, The Native Mm -hmm. Indians here, I I believe, express it the best as the great spirit. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, 
uh, all of the races around the world, all the nations around the world, uh, evolved to believe in a God of their own making. But there, in my opinion, there's only one God, and uh, that is uh, actually for myself, it's a Christian God, uh, uh, the creator of all things. Uh, uh, another thing I wanted to touch on uh, is uh, in my in my book uh, Beyond My Wildest Dreams, uh, I wrote a song, and the, I'm going to sing the song actually, and hope you'll Thank you. re- remember the voice more than the words, mm-hmm. or the words more than the voice. Okay. Uh, and what is and the peace. title of the song, please? The song is America and Peace. Mm. And it starts with, God has blessed America, and I believe he always will, as long as we stand with justice on top of every hill. Our soldiers are the best of us. They stand at freedom's right. Honor is their cornerstone. The law's their guiding light. The insanity of war is nearly at its end. I believe the world will find a way for all men to be friends. God has blessed America, and I believe he always will, as long as we stand with justice on top of every hill. We ask for understanding, not a military fight. We ask all men to do what all men know is right. Our world is but a cinder orbiting in space. All men should understand this is our only place. God has blessed America, and I believe he always will, as long as we stand with justice on top of every hill. A mother's tears are all the same when the soldiers fall. If they will cry together, the world will heed their call. When all men understand this song, I'll know it shows the way to honor justice, peace on earth, and all men's better day. God bless the world with peace and America, my home. God, please bless the world with peace and America, my home. Beautiful, beautiful. Wow. I I I love the message and I love even the melody. <laughs> and um the it message was clear and important concise. that America's uh maintain a military capable of throwing back anything. It uh there is nothing more important to the world than Americans mm-hmm. maintaining a, a military capable of throwing back anything. Hmm. Wow, that says a lot right there in a nutshell. There's nothing more important in the world than America uh, maintaining a military. And what was the ending of that, please? A military capable of throwing back anything. A military capable of throwing back, and you said anything, correct? Any, anything that could come toward come. America, anything that could... Yes, I agree with you. Um, Now, just going over uh, what has occurred in America, and I'm going now to 9-11. 
uh, September 11, year 2001. Um, what would you say in reference to 9-11 and, and, and its impact on us as Americans? What would you say is the best uh, form of recourse that this nation must take? Because, I mean, you know, so much emphasis is put on the military uh, protection that, you know, securing our borders, homeland security, and so forth. But what about just us as Americans, the civilians, those who aren't military, don't have the military background? What would you say... Um, is the wisest recourse for us to take I to have, prevent something uh, like that from happening. This is something personal for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was recently invited to uh, a seminar by Mr. Richard Gage. Mm. Uh, and uh, he is the uh, architectural uh, genius uh, who has stood up against the government's claim that the World Trade Centers were knocked down by the impact of the airplane. Uh, Mm. He has filmed absolute proof that those buildings were uh, sabotaged before the Mm. uh, planes hit them. I believe Mm -hmm. that uh, American intelligence knew that those planes were coming and uh, sabotage those buildings as an excuse to start the war in Afghanistan. Okay. Mm, uh, uh, and thank and, you for sharing uh, that the, information. The proof of that is the fact that the third building was not hit by an airplane, mm-hmm. had very superficial damage, and uh, fell in a free fall mash, uh, mission into its own footprint, the same as the tra- trade towers fell into their mm-hmm. own footprint. That could not have happened naturally. Mm. Yes, indeed. Uh, That's right. Uh, another thing we I, I wanted to talk to you about is the Panda Law uh, that I, that, uh, who is uh, championed by Dan Johnson, a, an American patriot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NDAA law uh, was hidden in the defense budget, and it was only a single paragraph, and it gave the President of the United States the power to pick any person they wanted to, he he would want to, and say, put him in jail, no judge, no jury. Mm -hmm. This is the most un-American thing that's ever happened in American history. And this law must be repealed and Dan Johnson is an American patriot uh, with the solutions uh, 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 trying to get this law repealed. Mm-hmm. And I just want to share with our listening audience in reference to NDAA and what Mr. Harris was just stating, ladies and gentlemen, is in reference to the following. It is what's known as indefinite detention. And that is the federal government under the 2012 National Defense Authorization Act and the 2001 authorization to use military force, AUMF, 
claims the power to arrest and detain people within the U.S. and deny them access to courts, attorneys, and more. In short, this is little more than government-sanctioned kidnapping. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very serious act, something that we ought to be on the defense of, and we need to do our part. We need to um, write legislature. We need to petition. We need to vote against this um, continuing. We need to be aware of this, and we need to know our rights as citizens of America. And um, I, I, can, I consider that America's secret law. Very, very few people know that that law exists. Mm. I agree with you. I agree with you. Now, I was aware of um, there being a watch list. I was informed uh, in regards to some Americans not, not even being aware that their name is on a watch list and that if they were to uh, have a plane reservation, uh, a plane trip reservation, that they could be removed from getting on the plane because their name is listed on this watch list. Uh, that's that's the, uh, judgment without representation. There's no uh, way around that. That's another thing that's completely un-American mm-hmm. uh, in this that. Uh, uh, in the in this uh, supposedly free country that just should not exist. Yes, indeed, I agree with you. That to me is just a scary thought that you could be on a list and not even have any knowledge that you're on that list. True, and you could be prohibited from flying, uh, traveling, uh, leaving the country. That's in definite detention. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, yes. Uh, and these are things that we know that Americans aren't as aware of, but we should be. Uh, you know, a lot of us aren't aware of these things, and we need to be aware of these things. And I just want to share also the Liberty uh, Preservation Act and local ordinance bans participation with or assistance in any way with any federal act which purports to authorize the indefinite detention of a person within the United States. So there's already an act. There's already legislation passed that confirms that indefinite detention is wrong and it should not be happening here in America, but it's happening. It does happen. Yes, indeed. Uh, President Obama swore that he would not uh, uh, ever use this law, and I believed him at the time. Uh, but President Obama also says that our borders are secure, and uh, that is far from true. Mm. 
Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This is very good, um, Mr. Harris. I'm glad that you're on the panel here tonight and you're making these statements and sharing this uh, knowledge and even giving references because so many times we're not reading enough about these acts that are being passed. We're hearing them in passing, per se, but we're not studying and reading to know what these laws really mean and how they're going to impact our lives. And a lot of times we don't even give heed or the interest to knowing about it until it infringes upon our rights. And that's not good. So we've got to become, yes, we've got to become more aware uh, as citizens of America. We have rights, and it is our duty and responsibility to be accountable to ourselves to ensure that our rights are protected. Because if we don't know what our rights are, and if we're not doing what we have to do, to ensure that they're protected, they will be violated. When that kind of power is given, that power will be used and it will be corrupted. It's guaranteed in in all of history. You see it time and time again. Mm. Yes, indeed. And we have seen it. And we're seeing it even today, unfortunately, even as current as now. You know, we're seeing it from city to city, county to county, state to state. And we've got to unite. I I do believe this. There was uh, something that you said when we were preparing for the show about humanity being one race. Uh, There is only one race on this planet. It is the human race. We are all males and females, uh, two arms, two legs, a brain, only the person matters, uh, how the person feels and what the person, uh, how the person reacts to different things is incalculable, uh, but uh, racism should, should never have existed in, in history. Mm. Uh, it came from, uh, in, in America, it was really uh, the white race promoted itself so much better than the blacks that we could, uh, a a white man could buy a Negro family uh, Mm -hmm. today and sell the the daughter to a man in New York and the mother to a man in California and uh, the family would never be reunited. Uh, And it was basically the white race that uh, pushed Mm-hmm. racism uh, to where it is or it has been in the past. That should be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Only the person matters. I, I know people from around the world. In the last few months, I've met people from around the world, black, white, uh, Korean, uh, uh, Germans. Uh, I, I know uh, soldiers. On, a, on Sunday mornings, I go to church at the Newfoundland Sanctuary Church and... Uh, I sit with soldiers that were on both sides of the Arab-Israeli war, 
today they sit in church and pray together. Uh, mm. uh, the uh, uh, I've also sitting right next to them is a man that was in the Iranian army under the Ayatollah of Iran, uh, under the hostage situation. Uh, as as fine a man as I know, uh, and uh, uh, it's one of the thing one of the things that we can do uh, is to realize that uh, when when young people when uh, soldiers are indoctrinated by their countries, they believe in what their countries do when they're very very young, and as they mature, they they realize uh, that. Uh, good people. If, if there's a war, good people die on both sides of these wars. Uh, there's far more good people in this world than there are bad people. Is my message there? And mm-hmm. uh, I'm a National Rifle Association life member, and I believe that uh, you should never take the guns away from good people. Uh, makes no sense to take guns away from good people. The the vast majority of Americans are very, very good people. And they should be members of the NRA uh, 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 as a a, uh, bottom baseline defense of America. Mm. Well spoken. Well spoken. We have a couple of callers in the caller queue, Mr. Harris. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I'd like to do now is invite them in the order in which they called. We're going to uh, first invite the caller. There's a caller from southwest New Jersey on the call, and I want to welcome them to the panel of the Exceptional Scribble Show tonight. Welcome, caller from southwest New Jersey. Welcome. This is Fran, the sage poet. I am the host of the Exceptional Scribble Show, and I have the distinct privilege of interviewing our special guest in the spotlight tonight, Mr. John Paul Jack Harris, Jr. Welcome, caller from Southwest New Jersey. Please give your full name and thank you. Welcome, caller from Southwest New Jersey. Are you still on the call? Okay, I'm going to go to the next caller from Southeast Pennsylvania. Uh, welcome, caller from Southeast Pennsylvania. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, this is uh, Shirley Carter, but I'm calling from the beautiful state of Florida. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wish yes, uh, my heart I'm is with you, Shirley. Excuse me? My heart is with you. Yes, and, I, and I'm glad. <laughs> And I am uh, right here on the beach, and it's nice and cool. And I'm just calling to wish uh, Jack Harris a great interview, as well as uh, Francine. Oh, and thank you. Um, I am so glad that you're discussing this issue, uh, because like both of you, I believe that the uh, American public should have this information uh, readily available. Yes. Uh, they should know uh, that this exists. And like you said, when people are traveling, uh, many of Mm. them are on a list, and they have no idea that they're on a list until they go through uh, airport scrutiny and are stopped. 
Mm. And uh, by then it's too late, you know, to to, to do anything about it. So yeah. uh, I'm going to wish uh, Jack Harris a great interview as well as uh, Francine Natal and the show, which is a beautiful show which sheds light on the community of things that are happening around the world. Yeah. So uh, uh, both of you, I'm going to sign off now and um, uh, wish the listening audience to take uh, copious notes and follow up mm. on what you both are speaking about because it's really important. Thank I will, you so I much. will say that Shirley's a very good friend of mine. I've met her, I've known her about two years, and she has helped me tremendously. And you as well, and Francine as well. Thank so you I'm so going much, to, I'm going to sign off now, and I will be in touch with both of you soon. And okay. uh, listening audience, pay attention because you have two great people uh, dispersing needed information to you. Okay, I'm going to say good night now. Okay. Good night to okay. you. Good night. And peace right. and blessings as well. Peace and blessings as well. All okay. right. Bye for now. Bye for now. Well, <laughs> that's a wonderful, wonderful dear friend. Um, I look up to her as a mentor as well. Uh, very active, very active as for um, ensuring that the general public receives the information that's vital to them. And she always disperses the information in such a manner which is appropriate, timely, and she's prompt with it. I truly admire her for those things. Uh, that was Miss Shirley Carter, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, some of you recall her from uh, the – there was a past episode where she brought on um, a very distinguished guest who spoke about – we were discussing the face on Mars and a lot of uh, information uh, pertaining to space science and the science of the the planets and um, life existing on Mars and evidence thereof. So we had a very interesting show on that particular episode, and we look forward to the return of uh, Ms. Carter with her uh, guest that she did interview uh, during that time on the show. So um, it's always a pleasure to have good people to call in and to visit and to show their love and support because the show is created for the people, by the people, for the people. And we want to ensure that the people are empowered. And knowledge is power. When you know you're better off and you can go places where you couldn't go prior when you didn't know. So knowledge enables us, it empowers us, it makes us uh, where we're able to become the things that we need to become in society. So I want to say thank you to uh, Mrs. Thank you to Ms. Sheila Carter, who did call in tonight to show her love and support to our special guest in the spotlight, Mr. John Paul Jack Harris. And we have a caller at this time from Southwest Louisiana. 
Uh, welcome caller from Southwest Louisiana. Please give your full name. Welcome caller from Southwest Louisiana. Yes, ma'am. Hi. Um, yes, we see, we seem to be having a delay when I um, do accept the callers that are calling in. So I do apologize if uh, you weren't yet uh, able to be heard when you were first saying hi, but I do welcome you. Uh, and I believe is this poetess Monica on the line tonight? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Now, I don't know how much of the show you have listened to thus far, but um, we do have a special guest tonight, and he has a special message for us and for all of America. Uh, His name is Mr. John Paul Jack Harris, and um, there's a lot of information on the events page about him, and I did provide his uh, website link in the mm-hmm. chat room. So whenever you have time, I would urge you, I strongly urge you and everyone um, as well to visit the website, which is www.jackswildlifedreams.com. Also, Mr. Harris is a published author. He has a book mm-hmm. out, and um, I'm going to let him share some information about his book, uh, what the theme of his book is, and why he wrote the book. Because I think that's very significant. Uh, um, Mr. Harris, yes. Uh, yes. Well, I, uh, I, wrote, I wrote the book because I've hunted, fished, and scuba dived around the world. It's my outdoor biography. Mm. Uh, the primary reason the book was written was to, to have people understand bears better than they do. I've lived... I've, Virtually worked. I've worked with bears for more than 20 years with the Pennsylvania Black Bear Research Team. I've had many, many encounters with black bears and brown bears in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Uh, they act and react very, very similar. And uh, in in the book, in the second edition of my book, I addressed the Tim Treadwell incident, uh, where uh, Tim Treadwell was eventually. Uh, and his girlfriend were killed and eaten by a brown bear. But a lot Mm. of people don't realize that he did unbelievable things with these brown bears, the largest predators on uh, land predators on earth, uh, for many, many years, 13 years before Mm. he had a bad experience with a bear. That proves how how rare a bad bear really is to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, you said it was 14 years before he had one bad experience. That's right. Mm. And he did incredible things. He, mm. he hung around them. He uh, was nose to nose with bears hundreds of times, brown bears, the largest predators on the Alaska Peninsula. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took him that long to find a bad bear. And when wow. he did, it was actually at night. Mm. Okay. Okay. Now I'm curious. Um, you said about it was. It's been 20 years that yes. you've worked with bears, brown bears, black bears, uh, small cubs. Now, um, what would you say is one of the most remarkable or fascinating things about bears? Uh, well, they uh, they can 
they can sleep up to six months at a year <laughs> and okay. uh, live off their fat reserves. They do mm-hmm. not urinate. They do not defecate. They uh, for the, for that entire denning period, uh, the mother gives birth uh, two months or so after she enters a den. Uh, mm. She she is not not feeding. Uh, she's not taking in any kind of nourishment, and that's why bear cubs are bur- are born so small. They're only nine to twelve ounces. Mm. Uh, when they're born, and they're almost wow. all born here in Pennsylvania between mm-hmm. the 5th and 25th of January. Uh, mm. Very, very few after that, after the 25th of January. Oh, interesting. Wow, thank you. <laughs> I and, got and more information. As I Ooh. said, the mother doesn't urinate or defecate all the time she's in the den. Mm. Now, that I did not even think. I knew about the hibernation period, but I didn't think about that part. Wow. Uh, oh, my goodness. You sometimes hear people say that they were at a bear's den and it smelled to high heaven. Not true <laughs> at all. Oh, okay. Do not. Now, as far as what bears like to eat, I've been told that apples, they they like eating, not just honey, honey but apples. Is that True. Is that a favored food? Absolutely. Uh, okay. Uh, all kind, all kinds of vegetation. Everything that a deer can eat, a bear can eat, and mm. they can eat uh, meat. But uh, here in Pennsylvania, their uh, uh, meat diet is less than ten uh, percent uh, of their meal of their uh, yearly diet. Oh. Bears, okay. Bears are an, and even in Alaska. Uh, uh, bears are primarily well. They do eat the salmon, uh, mm-hmm. and, and uh, but they they eat grubs and grubs off the ground. Uh, worms. They roll rocks over to find insects. Uh, they certainly are not looking for people to eat. They're not. They. They're a bear's best day is when he doesn't see, hear, or smell a human being. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Okay, hmm, that's something to ponder. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Well, I have to say to you, thank you for educating us this evening about bears because I'm sure for the majority of us, we did not know a lot of the information that you shared with us and the specifics in detail. Thank you. I they, are not, they are not one tenth percent as uh, aggressive as most people believe mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. And that's that's good for us to know that because the pictures I think that most of us had in our minds or in our heads um, was that bears um, they want to eat us. <laughs> like, uh, well, that's entirely wrong. Okay. Uh, if a bear shows aggression, it will almost mm-hmm. always drop its nose to the ground and start to pop its teeth. That does not mean it's going to eat you. It means that it is afraid or scared, and it is advertising the threat mm. of possible okay. attack. It, uh, if a bear was running, I've had four bears run directly at me, three blacks and a brown in Alaska. In all four attacks, I just stood still, and they stopped on their own about 20 to 30 feet away, slapped the ground, popped their teeth, showed me how tough they were, 
and then turned and walked or ran away. Hmm. Uh, and that's what you can expect a bear to do, walk or run away from you. Uh, okay. If, if, if the bear gets closer than the 20 feet, you put your hands up over your head, you yell uh, as very loudly, I would yell very loudly, no, 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 uh, very sharply. Uh, mm-hmm. This is almost bulletproof to any bear. But even if the bear is running at you, all you have to do, it, it, uh, bears threaten aggression uh, with animals. And if the animal stands its ground, the bear will almost always back off. If mm-hmm. it uh, turns and tries to outrun the bear, it can't be done. No human being can outrun a bear mm. <laughs> if the bear decides to catch it. Okay. That's important, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you're taking notes. Take notes, please. This information is so very important. Uh, there, is, there is. I'd like to. I, I need to say too that there's also a video beyond mm-hmm. my wildest dreams uh, on my website, and it it's an 80 minute video that shows almost all of the events in the book. Uh, it shows me in dens with the bears, scuba diving with the sharks and the manta rays around the world, hunting in Africa. Uh, just about all, everything that's in my book is on that video. Hmm. And I sell that for $12. Okay. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, please visit www.jackswildlifedreams.com. Dot com. I repeat, www.jackswildlifedreams.com. You must see that 80-minute video. It's very informative. Please see it and also have your family to see it. Um, and Mr. Harris, we touched on a little prior to the show, uh, Team Earth. And I would like for you at this time to share with the listening audience about what Team Earth is and how they too can support it. Okay. When they when they when they gave when they gave me the Ambassador for Peace Award, they gave me a fantasy that I could affect the entire future of the world. At that time, I stood back and I said, "What kind of impact would I want to make on the future of the world?" And that is where Team Earth came from. Uh, I, I sell T-shirts on my website, uh, Team Earth T-shirts, and uh, the team, the team, uh, the, they depict Father and Father Time and Mother Nature, the Mother and Father mm-hmm. of all life on Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the eagle uh, represents the overseer of the Earth uh, and the need for clean air. Uh, mm-hmm. The bear on the, the bear on the shirt. Uh, represents a team earth effort of uh, together we can do almost anything to conserve and uh, keep the natural world as natural as we can with the exploding human population uh, and uh, then on the other on the other side of the shirt is the Bengal tiger mm-hmm. uh, Siberian uh, I believe he's the largest he's the most beautiful animal in the world and our most endangered large predator on earth and on the bottom of the shirt is the blue whale mm-hmm. uh the blue whale si- signifies 
the need for clean water. It is the largest animal ever known to inhabit the earth. And that's why the symbols are on the shirts. And yeah. uh, I uh, am asking, I actually ask for donations to, to help me get the messages of Team Earth across. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and and how uh, are we able to donate? Is it a matter of us just, um, can we do it online, going to your website? Going to the website is the okay. And we can use like our uh, credit card and uh-huh. and make a donation that way. Okay, excellent. I believe, I believe you can. I, I I've never mm-hmm. actually checked that out with my website manager, but I believe he does have it on PayPal. Okay, great. PayPal is available. This is good information. Um, I love the shirt. I love the shirt, and and I'm glad. Thank you for the breakdown as for the symbolism mm-hmm. of that's depicted on the shirt. Um, very, very, very intriguing. Very significant as well. Um, and how much are there uh, different prices uh, pending on the sizes of the uh, no, shirt? No, no. I, I, I sell them for $17 each. Okay, $17. And what are the sizes that the shirt is available in? Uh, they go from uh, ex, ex, extra large to uh, small. Okay, extra large to small. Excellent. Well, um, I'm going to go back to the callers. At this time, I want to make sure everyone has a chance to uh, confer with you that has called in. Mm -hmm. I'm going now. First, I want to check back with uh, Southwest Louisiana. Ms. Uh, Monica, Poet Monica. Oh, yeah, we we, we kind of lost her in the uh, debris there for a while. Yeah. Poet, Poetess Monica, are you still with us? Yes, ma'am. I'm here. Okay. Do you, would you happen to have any questions before we go to the next caller? Would you happen to have any questions for Mr. Harris? I would like to know what intrigued him about bears to start him on his um, journey in studying them and his work. Mm-hmm. What inspired his work? To be mm-hmm. to be honest, I was a big game hunter long before I was a bear researcher. Uh, my first my first Alaskan hunting trip was to Kodiak Island for brown bear. Uh, but I have uh, my last three hunting trips to Alaska. I have now fired a shot at bears, moose, or caribou. Uh, mm-hmm. I've become extremely uh, conservative, uh, and uh, I, I I much rather use a camera now than a rifle. Actually, I love to take photo, uh, accurate uh-huh. or many photographs you'll see on my website, wildlife photographs, which is I'm more interested in that now than I uh, am in hunting. Hunting, I still enjoy fishing, but I catch and release all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Uh, I do have a poem I'd like to recite. I don't know if I have time to do that. Oh, uh, you do have time. Yes, indeed. Okay. Uh, Well, uh, uh, one of the poems I like to recite uh, that I have written uh, is Listen to the Wilderness. And it's, it's the goal of Listen to the Wilderness is to encourage young people to use their ears when they're out in out in the wilderness, learn the sounds of the birds and the animals and stuff. And listen to the wilderness by Jack Harris. 
when I listen to the wilderness, I hear all the sounds that I love. When I listen to the wilderness, I hear God's music from above. Wherever I listen to the wilderness, I will hear the wind's song. I have listened to the wind all my life long. The sound of the wind comes in so many ways. To write them all down would take many days. I've listened to branches breaking and heard many old trees fall. I have heard this in winter, spring, summer, and fall. When an owl hoots just before daylight, a turkey will gobble. He is full of fright. There is a gray squirrel chattering down at me. Now I hear the buzzing of a honeybee. When the seasons are changing, I hear the call of the goose. In September, I hear the clashing antlers of two bull moose. When I hear the bugle of an elk high on the hill, this sound gives every wilderness listener a really great thrill. When I hear a wolf howling into the night, I feel the wilderness is just about right. When the salmon are splashing in their spawning streams, they will hear the splashing of a bear in his dreams. When you listen to the wilderness, your life will improve. Listen to the wilderness, you'll love being in this groove. Listen to the first sounds you hear today all around. A bird in a bush, an insect on a flower, rain falling on the ground. Today is the first day of your new life. Listen to the wilderness, then teach your wife. Gather your friends and teach them your new game. They will gather their friends and they will do the same. When you listen to the wilderness, your troubles will depart. You have made room for the wilderness, not troubles in your heart. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Oh, my. I love, I love that poem. I really uh, do. There, there is another one. I don't know if I have time. but uh, Oh, you do uh, have Mother time? Mother Earth, I would like to, report, right, like to recite because it's a warning to the future. Okay, but before you recite that, I want to just go to our callers. Yep. We have two that have been awaiting. Uh, yes. One is Dr. Sharonda, and then we have a caller from the U.S. Virgin Islands. I'm going to take uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and then we're going to Dr. Sharonda. Welcome to the call, caller from the U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks for having You're me. You're welcome. Yeah. Just listening. You know, the the poem that was by Jack Herrer, the yes. the, girl, the botanist? Yes. He is the um, special guest in the spotlight tonight. He's a, I guess you could call him wildlife reserve preservationist. He's uh, been so many things. He's referred to as the Renaissance man. <laughs> and he's a poet, poet <laughs> among okay. other things. Strong, man. Strong, strong words. You know, I, if, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Jack Herrer was a, a, a great man in the field of botany, as far as uh, um, the, the, no, the author of the poem. That's not myself. I'm sorry to say it, but that's not myself. I I, I have no degree in uh, wildlife at all, uh, other than oh. hands-on experience. Oh, uh, but I was just curious of the the author of the poem you just recited. Oh, well, I'm the I'm the author of. He's that. the author. Yes. Oh, you be. are. Oh, oh, is, that's and that's so your hard. name, Jack Harris. Yes, Don Paul Jack Harris Jr. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, okay. My bad, man. I I thought you were quoting um a a, a great botanist who recently passed in, in the field of um marijuana. Oh. Oh. oh okay. 
when, yes, I, when, I, when I was young, I might have been interested in that, but no longer. <laughs> I, have, I don't. I don't do alcohol or drugs of any kind. No, no. I, I was just, you know, just thought you were reciting his words, but powerful. You were admiring, those, yes. Yeah, powerful, powerful, and how you expressed it too. You know, it was um, you know, very sincere. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is. It, it, yeah. The yeah. wildlife has been the most important part of my life, and I'm trying to give mm-hmm. something back. Mm-hmm. Uh, True. By True. conserving the earth and the animals, making a better world for people and animals is the goal. Mm. Yeah, That's we're all responsible, man. We all hold our place, you know, in, in the, the larger scheme of things. Mm-hmm. When when we go astray and, you know, I guess look for whatever we're looking for, man, and, and forget our purpose, it's kind of one of the reasons I find things are kind of falling through the cracks. Because mm-hmm. we're all we're all one man. The animals are all of us, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One one creator, you know. That's one right. Creator. That's right. One creator. Yeah. Well, we're all Christ on the same page here. <laughs> we're yeah. talking the same talk. Lovely. Now, this is is this Sky Ski? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. I believe this is your first time calling in. We have. Um, <laughs> Uh, chatted yeah. online, but you weren't able to call in prior. So I want to welcome you. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. Of course, um, we have our exclusive interview hour with our special guest in the spotlight always first. And then after that, we go into an open forum discussion hour where we have a specific theme and topic that we cover, and then we have a focus word too. And we also have our poet that will share poetry at that time as well. So Thank you. Um, enjoy, and we're yeah. going to come back to you. Okay. Okay. Thanks for joining yeah. us tonight. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. welcome. Thank you very much for calling in. You're welcome. And I just want to share with everyone, uh, for those of you who are on the Internet, please visit Mr. John Paul Jack Harris Jr.'s website. There's so much there. There's a lot of good information, good references, also his book. You can order his book if you visit his website. Um, Also, there's videos on there, educational videos about animal wildlife. Um, There's the Team Earth shirt, which is $17. It comes in sizes from extra large to small. And there's just a whole lot, a wealth of information is there. Things that you should know about regarding uh, just what's happening in government and and the laws that are being passed and how they are impacting us and the environment and wildlife. So um, we need to know about our rights. We need to know how to protect our rights. So um, I guarantee you, if you visit uh, Mr. Harris' website, and I'm going to give the website one more time, uh, www dot jacks wildlife dreams dot com i repeat www dot jacks wildlife dreams dot com and we're going to go to dr sharonda orridge now welcome dr sharonda welcome dr sharonda are you there yes how you doing 
I'm fine. Thank you. I want to thank you as well for your patience. <laughs> oh, no problem. Yes. I like that. I really like that poem he did. Uh, thank you very much. I'm very proud of that. Yeah, you should be. That is really nice. Uh, as I as I said, I have another one that I like to re, like to recite, uh, Mother Earth, and that's a warning to the future. Okay. Uh, because oh, okay. of the coming effects of global warming. Mm. Oh, timely. Thank you. The mic is in your hands. Okay. Uh, this poem is Mother Earth, a warning to the future. It's a warning to the future because it accurately describes the coming effects of global warming. Uh, for billions of years, she circled the sun, creating conditions for us to have our fun. The great dinosaurs were in our way. A cosmic accident caused their dismay. With these huge beasts, humans would not have lasted. An asteroid landed and their world blasted. Into extinction they went their way. Now conditions were right for our first day. Mother continued to make things right for humans to evolve from the cosmic night. If she knew what we would do, she would have stopped and thought things through. For we have put her in such a bind, she may now think she lost her mind. Uh, 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 Earth's average temperature is on the rise. This is a fact, not a surprise. The ice is melting and may disappear. Uh, I, I made a mistake. The ice is melting and may disappear. The surface of the sea will swallow cities year after year. The storms mm-hmm. will grow in size and power. The rain will increase by the hour. The coral reefs will no longer bloom. The heated water will lead to their doom. Very few species can change this fast. Most of the others will breed their last. Dear Mother, I cannot change the human race. Our intelligence may not keep us from failing in disgrace. Mm, Our human intelligence may not or might not keep us from failing in disgrace. Um, Wow, powerful words. And I love. We're not as smart as we think we are. That's basically what it says. Yes, that's so true. I love how you gave the history. You brought um, prehistoric uh, dinosaurs mm-hmm. um, and, and, and what happened with the asteroid uh, landing and, and um, how we wouldn't be able to exist on the planet. Uh, they were still dominant here uh, as well. That's very, that's very true. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, if... Uh, for, for 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 human beings to breed, they would have to get to a 14 or 15 years of age, and to survive 14 or 15 years of age uh, with the dinosaurs out there, which w- which would eat human beings like uh, uh, apples on a tree or uh, an, an hors d'oeuvre, you'd be nothing but an hors d'oeuvre to the real di- the real large mm-hmm. dinosaurs, uh, and to to survive 15 years. In that environment, would be almost would oh, certainly be impossible for the earth, for humans to evolve that long, to stay alive that long. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, something to think about. I tell you, sometimes we don't think about it, but uh, yes, um, evolution and the necessity of everything evolving because 
It has to in order for us to exist and to not become extinct. We have to evolve. We have to adapt, you know. Very important. Very key things were in that poem. Thank you. Um, Dr. Sharonda, would you like to give feedback to Mr. Harris about that poem? Please. Yeah, that that was real powerful. I I was just talking um, last week, and I was saying that, you know, we as human beings, a lot of times we're arrogant and we're taking from the earth, not replacing the resources. Actually, the resources that we're taking can't be replaced. That's and right. We're, just, we're shiving, we're shiving mm-hmm. the sea, uh, the sea at a far greater rate than it can reproduce. Uh, we're, we're taking the land uh, mm-hmm. at, at, at a far greater uh, uh, pace. Then, right, and you know, supported. and they're flo- and you know, they're flocking the earth. Mm-hmm. Did you know what that is? Uh, flocking the earth? I'm not sure. Yeah. That. So what flocking is is that they take the resources out the earth, such as oil, and mm-hmm. they put in something else to because you know, like right, it's inside Substance. and stuff. So they they take that out and replace it with something else that's artificial. And that's why when you're talking about, like, the storms are going to get worse and all of that stuff, because they're stealing the resources mm-hmm. of the earth to, to gain riches, and they're putting things in there that's not natural. It's so not that's natural. what we get to, right. Because exactly. one thing about humans... You're 100% right about that. And uh, uh, as far as the, the fracking is concerned... Uh, uh, you can bury a lot of mistakes, uh, <laughs> twelve to fifteen thousand feet mm-hmm. uh, in the in the earth, and uh, there are five hundred different chemicals in fracking fluid, mm-hmm. uh, almost all of which are toxic to human beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will not affect our meant. generations, but it will affect generations Those generations to come in this, exactly. in this volcanically right. active planet. Oh my right. goodness. And one of the things that we have to realize as human beings is that everything on this earth, we need to live. Mm-hmm. Um, the earth don't need people to live. You know, the trees take care of itself with the rain. You know what I'm saying? hundred um, percent. Animals take care of themselves and stuff like that. We're the only ones mm. who need trees and water and all of these things that we're destroying on this mm. earth. We need these things. We're the only one that needs these things because everything else on this earth can survive without people. Uh, well, uh, we are... Uh, uh, we're in danger we're, of it. We're, we are destroying this earth uh, partially by overpopulation of the human race. Uh, I don't know uh, what the answer for that is. Uh, except uh, at least in China, they're trying to uh, uh, make people mm-hmm. uh, aware aware that there are too many and uh, trying to hold down the population to some degree. Right. I think it's two children per household now. Yes. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. uh, population control. You know, it's so much to consider, um, but one thing's for sure is we've got to change the way we've been living. Uh, because we've been killing our mother. We've been killing the earth. I was told that the oil is like the blood of the earth. 
and we've extracted so much of it. Where it will run I'm, out. you know, at the rate they're, at the rate they're taking it out, it, it, uh, it's not being reproduced. It took millions of years, right, to for it. a gallon of oil. Oh my goodness. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, it will run out. We have to. Uh, the one thing that we can do is uh, accelerate uh, solar energy. The mm. solar energy, the, the sun sends us so much earth, so much energy that we could we could run the world off of energy uh, uh, through solar energy if we would make the effort to do it. Mm. So it's a matter of choice. Yes, it's a matter of human choice, yes. Uh, But uh, greed runs the planet at this time. Mm Mm-hmm. Greed. How very awful. I'm going to go back to our caller queue. And, Dr. Sharonda, thanks for all the good input. We're going to come back to you, of course, because we're going to have our time of poetry um, I want to go back to uh, Skysky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I definitely would like for you to give some uh, comments or remarks on what you've heard thus far from uh, Mr. Harris and Dr. Sharonda as well. Well, I fully agree. I, mm-hmm. I fully agree with everything he's saying. You know, um, as far as population control. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think we have too much to say in that, you know, and I, I find that, you know, the creator would, would kind of take care of, of his own, you know, okay. there's a lot of, you know, there's a land, a lot of land that's not being utilized, you know, like you said, greed and this money vibe that's running the world. Look at Haiti, man, you know, mm-hmm. over, over some stupid, you know, color vibes or, you know, we're all human beings. Yeah, and the truth is, Haiti is a very beautiful place, man. You know, I, I don't see. You know, everybody wants to be like in Port-au-Prince. I don't see why they don't just go up into the hills and you know just try a thing, man. You know, like rebuild up. You know, rebuild up your hopes. As far as far as extracting like the oil and stuff, yeah, greed does rule the world. They don't care about the future, and you know their children and their children's children. Mm-hmm. You know, humans, they, humans do have the ability to adapt to uh, yeah. this, this world in in a, uh, a peaceful coexistence with nature to a point. Yeah. But we, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's very difficult to get humans to. Uh, Realize that it must be done. It's not right. if, uh, if it should be done. It must be must. Done. It's a must. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Complete illusion, you know, that people sticking to, you know, some standards that we'll never, never obtain. You know, no matter how 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 much you think, wow, I, I'm progressing in this this so-called um, what what you need to be to be somebody. You know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a failing a failing theory. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but if we acknowledge and and hold true to like the fact that you know how precious we really are, man. You know, mm-hmm. let, let go 
let go of that pride and and ease kind of thing. You know, I know we're, we're um, kind of slaves to modern materialism. Absolutely. And I I could speak for from my my perspective, considering I'm I'm from an island, you know, and it's not that uh-huh. big. But for like, you know, you guys up there that have to go through the seasons, and you know, it's kind of. <laughs> right. Yeah. You well, need it. So, you know, uh, you need having been a scuba diver and uh, scuba dived around the world, I love the oceans of the world. One of the mm-hmm. one of the things that I write about uh, is uh, it's in one of my uh, 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 human human beings will now and forevermore decide almost to the day how long each species is allowed to live into the future. Mm. Um, can you um, go into a little more detail? That that was kind of deep. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. well, it's, it's very simple. that We uh, human beings make the world what we want it to be. Mm. And right. we pick and choose which species... Uh, is allowed to live into the future and which one is not. Mm-hmm. And we're doing it at a at a phenomenal Mom. rate now. We're yeah. eliminating species by the... Oh, uh, true. Uh, uh, true. Probably a half a million species a year disappearing yeah. because of yeah. human activity on Earth. Mm. Right. I have a question for you, Mr. Harris, in reference to the Bengal uh, tiger. Mm-hmm. Um, is that animal on the endangered species list oh, at this time? It, mm-hmm. it is probably the most endangered mm. large predator on Earth. And and as I say, I consider it the most beautiful animal in the world. Yes, yes, yes. What a terrible <laughs> world it would be if there were not tigers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are dangerous to humans, uh, mm-hmm. uh, probably more so even than bears. But uh, there again... Uh, uh, it's just it's just such a tragedy if the world would lose the Siberian tiger or the tigers. Mm, wow, yes. I'm listening, and it, it really touches my heart because I have a uh, silver tabby that I love, love, love. Oh, yeah. And that's my little tiger. He's he's <laughs> like a tiger in every way, his character and this his sport, the way he sports and, and things yeah. like that. And I couldn't imagine not having him, you know, and him not being able to exist anymore or his species not being able to exist anymore. I think they're beautiful, Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, as well. Yeah. Amazing. I agree. Well, um, we have a caller from Florida, uh, Mr. Harris, and I definitely want uh, for her to have the chance to speak with you as well. because I know that now we're going over the hour, and I don't know how much time you have uh, to contribute, but if you can tarry, we would love that. Um, but how much time, let me ask you, how much time? Uh, I'll give you as much time as you allow me, actually. Oh, wonderful. We are so fortunate. <laughs> this is great, great news. Well, I'm going to go to, um, I. Uh, she's known as Lady of Love, and she is a poet among many other uh, things and she's just truly a person that loves life, uh, animal life, human life, just life in general. So I definitely want her to have the chance to uh, talk with you. If she has any questions, to direct them to you at this time, and if she just wants to, 
give you feedback uh, in re- in reference to things that you have, you have stated thus far uh, during the interview, then um, she will definitely do that. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribbles Show, Lady of Love and Queen Poetry. Good evening. Thank you for the gracious welcome. You're uh, welcome. I thank you so much for um, the invite to the show. Good evening, special feature, uh, John Paul Harris, I believe. I'm not looking at any notes. Very good. <laughs> the only one one name that you didn't say was Jack, but it's John Paul Jack Harris. Yes. Uh, I respond to Jack more than anything else. <laughs> okay. I, mean, um, it, uh, I honor my father, uh, John Paul Harris Sr., and, uh, uh, but everybody called my father Jack, so uh, almost most of the people that know me call me Jack Harris. Okay, well then I'll, I'll oblige you and call you Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't hear all of your interviews, Leslie. I'm very sorry I have to apologize, but I was in while you were talking about the bears, but I had to go out, and I'm back in, and I came in on the part that I really enjoy, and that's Mm -hmm. the big cats. cats. I love them. If only I could (laughs) have one and didn't have to worry about him eating me. I would truly enjoy him. I, it would be just a pleasure to walk through the world with him on a leash as my oh. friend. <laughs> I know I would have to have a couple of hundred pounds of meat. <laughs> <laughs> Under fail. Uh, I, w- uh, I had the honor once of petting a white tiger out in Cleveland, Ohio. Hmm. I and I've, I've been hand-to-hand, hand, hands-on. Uh, I used to work for the Anchorage, Alaska Zoo taking care of grizzly cubs, uh, oh. and I couldn't wait to get to work in the morning so I could pet the grizzlies. Mm. The, ba- the baby cub, let me ask you this. Well, I, I'm kind of, yeah, with them until they get big. But as the baby cub, bear cub, um, what are their claws like? Are they their claws are extremely sharp, mm-hmm. especially black bear claws. Uh, <laughs> the first thing they do when they walk out of a den is learn to climb trees, and uh, they gain tremendous strength uh, by mm. by climbing trees. Yeah, I figured. See, that would be one that I know. I because he'd want to hug me, and he'd be putting holes in my back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he would. You know. We've we've had lots of pe- we've had lots of people, including myself, scratched by bear cubs mm. uh, when we were working with the game commission. I've handled almost 300 live black bears right here in Pennsylvania. Wow! Trapping, tra- tagging, and cowering them. Wow! Mm-hmm. I remember because I'm from the north. I'm just in Florida transplant. I'm from New York, mm-hmm. and I remember uh, on the news one morning uh, a woman beating a black bear off of her back porch. He was in her freezer eating mm. her ice cream. Whoa. <laughs> a, a black bear adopts to uh, to food stores about as fast as any animal does. Uh, they can they tame down tremendously, but uh. you can never say 
it will never attack. You can never say it will always attack. You can never say never. You can never say always with a bear. It mm. it can, it, like like human beings, it can get up on the wrong side of the bed, have okay. be having a bad day, and injure somebody very quickly. Yes, mm. because they are of the wild. And the for me, I come from a spiritual background. Mm-hmm. Um, they um, they are definitely afraid of us, and I believe that before it's all over, that we will have we will be able to commune with them because we were all put here on this earth to live in harmony. And it's just such a shame that man has scared them away because they're beautiful. I, I remember going skiing up the Taconic Park, where you guys know where that is. I was coming from um, from the mm-hmm. island, and I was going up the Taconic Parkway, and it's mountainous um, uh, as you go further north on it. And I saw um, a mother deer and her baby deer playing on the mountain and as we were driving the babies were coming for us running towards the vehicle and Mm. prayed oh my god because we were really moving I prayed God please don't let these babies come because we're going to hit them and Mm. in the that I prayed, they went, it was as if I spoke to them. They turned around and went back to the mommy, and the mommy looked at me. We made eye contact. It's as if she said, <laughs> so I know that there is something we've done. We, you know, mm-hmm. to them. They've seen us destroy their families and stuff and whatnot. It's innate in them to, to hurt back, just like us, the same old thing, well, one hurts one of us, we're ready to go and tear the building down, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, that's, that's true. Uh, uh, it's, uh, uh, humans, humans kill hundreds of bears every year, uh, but when a bear attacks a human, oh, that terrible bear. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's extremely rare, that's but right. it can that's happen, right. and it does, and it will continue. I think it begins and ends with us as humans, it's how we are interactive with wildlife. Uh, I, I, don't, agree, I agree with that statement yes. very much. Uh, people that are hurt, most people that are hurt by bears or other wildlife uh, are hurt because they react to it wrongly. Any, anybody, anybody that thinks they can outrun almost any animal mm-hmm. is just... It's just a fabrication. It can't be done. Uh, a, a, a bear can a bear a bear can uh, run down an Olympic sprinter and give him a hundred yard head start. Mm. Absolutely. If it decides to do it. Yes. Yes. And 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 see, I, I and I the panther the panther intrigues me. Um, the cheetah intrigues the jaguar intrigues. Mm-hmm. I would have all of these. <laughs> I know you the would, sm- lady. The smaller <laughs> cat, the smaller cat, uh, like a cheetah, is very unoffensive, unoff- unaggressive to people. Uh, the larger predators, the lions and the tigers, uh, they must. You must always be aware that they can and they will mm. uh, attack. They kill every day for food. That's mm-hmm. what I'm they kill meat-eating animals for food, for food <laughs> every day, and 
they That's can and always will be a threat to human beings in pro- close proximity. That's mm-hmm. talking about that. If I had him, I would have to be unhanding uh, over a hundred pounds of meat. <laughs> uh, not re- not really. Uh-huh. Uh, if you uh, even if you had even a small amount of uh, meat or something that the bear bear or the bear uh, or uh, with a tiger, if you, if you had a small amount of meat and you threw it in front of him and he saw it, that would give you that much t- more time to back off. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. You, you just delay. Uh, and in most cases, they would just pick it up. They would smell the human scent on the meat, and that would be enough for them to uh, leave leave you alone. Oh, God. It's just, it's just so... It's such a travesty, such beauty that roams the same earth that I mm. live on, and he can't, and he won't, not at this time, be my friend. And I want him mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. much. You know what I'm saying? It's just a shame that we, and we, we do each other like that. Not only the animals, not only the animals. We've done that to each other. Well, one th- one thing I used to one thing I used to t- uh, at one time I was a night watchman at the Katmai Lodge on the Alaska Peninsula, and uh, I used to tell the owner of the lodge. Now at that uh, at Katmai Katmai Lodge is uh, uh, about forty flying air miles from uh, King Salmon, Alaska, and mm-hmm. if you encountered bears in that area. Uh, it was my not. I would start at seven o'clock at night, and work until seven o'clock in the morning, and I would walk the ground seven times a night looking for brown bears around the cabin. Mm-hmm. And if I found the bears around the cabins, I would sneak up close to them, uh, and eject my double O buck, which I carried in my twelve gauge shotgun for self defense, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would eject my double O buckshot, and I would put a cracker shell in. A cracker shell explodes off a 12-gauge barrel about 50 yards. Uh-huh. And I would fire the cracker shell. It's like an M80 that would go off at a distance of about 50 yards, and it would explode near the bear, and it would almost always turn the bear away and chase, mm. it, away, chase it away from the cabin. This way you didn't have to kill So that's it. a warning I, shot. Mm-hmm. In, in, four year, in four years, I've... I flared more than 45 bears like that, mm-hmm. and uh, I never had one attack me. But I always had one one general rule: was never shoot past them, so that they ran back in my direction. Okay. But uh, th- this is also effective uh, if if bears are in your garbage or something like that. You may consider using those cracker shells to chase them away from your garbage uh, mm-hmm. when they get. They learn from experience that something is really wrong when you fire one of those cracker shells near them. Uh-huh, so they go away. They So mm-hmm. they go away and they stay away from that area for a while. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. But see, I don't, thank God, I don't live in an area where I'll be seeing them, I hope, you know, because I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not near the Everglades, and I think they're, they've been sighted over there. In that. New Jersey, um, here lately we've been having... Um, well, they are our neighbors, Philadelphia. We're right across the bridge from them. But there's been a lot of uh, bears, black bears in particular, uh, whom uh, have been going northern, into... Northern New Jersey has the highest population of black bears east of the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. Highest bear, they're up to 
five beer per square mile in northern New Jersey. Mm, 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 mm. See, that, you know, I'm not up north anymore, but there's, mm-hmm. I'm, in here, I'm in Florida and I've heard about bears, you know, but mm-hmm. not in my area. They're over in the Everglades where, well, the, the people have built their beautiful, luxurious homes over there and they, they have disturbed these uh, wildlife <laughs> In in that case, what they should understand is that the people went into the bear's habitat. The bear didn't come looking for them. They went in. They volunteered to be in that habitat. Absolutely, and and they're coming up on the back porch and Mm -hmm. and the alligators in the backyard, and the ladies beating the hell out of him with a. I don't those, want to... those animals were there far longer than human beings. Yes, I, but I mean, I would never go that far over near their home and expect them maybe never to uh, knock on the door. Or something. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. I live near, I have a lake in my backyard, and I, sometimes I'm like, Lord, I hope these lakes are not connected with no varmint comes up out of this lake and decides to sit mm. on my patio. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, well, uh, is, is the lake good bass fishing? I'm sorry, no, not that I know of. I don't even oh. go that far to it. Believe that. You know, um, I, I had a couple of hard shell turtles come to my fighting. Um, mm-hmm was knocking on it with their shell. I was like, wait a minute. I know you're not knocking to come in. <laughs> oh, my. Well, uh, the, turtle, the turtles are not a threat, really. You, you have to put your hand, hand or foot very, very close to a turtle to be hurt by one. But yeah. uh, uh, you, you share, when, you, when you live in, that area, in an area like that, you choose to be there, but they were there long before. So... Uh, when something bad happens, don't blame the bear or the whatever other wildlife you comes in contact with because you uh, they volunteered to be there. Exactly. And they're, and they're you're going to their habitat. They didn't come looking for you. That's truly, that is truly true because I say that you know I'm like um, east of their habitat, a long, long ways away from them. I'm more close to the beach, which mm-hmm. is, you know, which is a good place to be, not sitting in their backyard and not expecting for them to come out and roam around. There are even some big cats back there. I'm not really sure what's back there, but um, mm-hmm. I did hear of some sightings of something. Maybe there are, there are Florida panther uh, cougars. Yes. Mm-hmm. There is a po- there is a small population of, of cougars in in Florida. Yes, yes, I did hear about that. You know what I'm saying? But, see, these are people who, you know, got their big rootsy-tootsy houses back there, and I'm trying to understand why. Because the only time you can come out is during the day. You dare not come out at night. Uh, <laughs> no, there there again, I think you're overreacting to the to, – there is always a threat, but it is much lower than most people believe it is. Mm-hmm. From wildlife to, to human beings. I, I have that fear. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. all, yeah, I'm it's a natural been, fear. It's an absolutely natural fear. Already respectful of the fact that they live just like that. the house that you live in, you live there. 
In order for me to gain access, I cannot just turn the knob and walk in unless you've told me that in in previous, you know, when you come, just open, I'm I'm right here or whatever. I must respect you. And and so I feel, you know, I feel the same way about them, to have respect Mm -hmm. where the heck they live. What are you going over there? Building your house on their on their land? Did you ask them? You know, you know, you understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Uh, well, when I when I used to work with with uh, Cat My Lodge, when I used to work at Cat My Lodge as a night watchman, I used to tell the owner, uh, "I'll handle the bears because I know what the I pretty much know what the bears are going to do." Uh, when you start dealing with people, and especially if you throw in alcohol and drugs, there is no way you can tell what's going to happen. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. You know, so I'm just being reasonably smart, you know, maybe over-reasonably smart, you know. I'm not going over there. If if you don't want trouble with wildlife, you stay away from it. Exactly. And you know that that wind boat, what do you call that thing that operates with that big propeller? It's some type of boat? Uh Uh-oh. Power. Um, the windmill? It's like a windmill, but it 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 propels some type of boat for the marshland. Oh, the airboat. Uh, oh, and, and that's an airboat with the with it on the back. The, the in the uh, right. It goes around. It's rotating. An, air, an airboat that they use to go through the the Everglades and show people alligators and stuff like that. I actually did that tour once uh, when I was down in Florida. Really? Ain't no yeah. way in the world I'd be on that thing. You you couldn't pay me a million dollars per second to sit there. Well, uh, I very, very much enjoyed it. <laughs> you uh, see what I'm saying? How, how deep my fear is. Well, you know? my. Yes, yes, I do understand your fear, yes. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I mean, well, even... as long, you know, I hope some, somehow, some way you do overcome it because I know personally I was afraid of certain of uh, being in certain waters until I did white river rafting in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with the water. Ever since then, I snorkeled. Um, I did jet ski. I did things that I would never have imagined I would have done. Um, even parasailing from a boat into the air over the open ocean. So, um, yeah, sometimes we fear what we don't understand until... We literally intimate it mm-hmm. and become one with it, and then we realize, "Wow, I was missing out on all this." <laughs> uh, well, uh, so hopefully, you will, yeah. White water, yeah. water rafting, wow, mm-hmm. wow. <laughs> that, uh, that, yeah, that rapid foam and water. I mean, it was just so beautiful. I rafted the Grand Canyon of Arizona for ten days. Mm. And I consider it one of the best, one of the most interesting. Oh, yes, Arizona. Oh, I fell in love with the Grand Canyon my first visit there. Uh-huh. Yes, mm. indeed. The whole of the United States west of Chicago is fabulous. The whole mm. from north to south, that, that entire region is just beautiful. It's just amazing. And and as far as the eye can see, there's open space and open land, and we all hopped up in in one or two cities. It's unbelievable. I, I often say that I just don't understand why this land has not been developed and people are living on it. Mm-hmm. You, can, mm-hmm. you can ride miles of highway as far as you can see, north, south, east, and west. There's not a soul in sight. 
And for, a, for a short period, for a short period of time, I guided hunters in Wyoming, uh-huh. in the state of Wyoming, for mule deer and antelope. Okay. And uh, I consider that one of the better experiences I had in my life. <laughs> that had to be beautiful. Now, is that like the open plain, like it's? Uh, it's wide uh, range land. Actually, like actually, actually, I wouldn't call it plains. The uh, near Buffalo, Wyoming, is the uh, oh, the mountain, the mountain range. That, oh, okay, the mountainous region. Okay, the mountainous range. region of of Wyoming. I I guided the foothills of the. Uh, oh God, I, I can't believe I've forgotten. Uh, mm. it, it, it hasn't been that long. It's just something I've drawn a blank on right now. Mm-hmm. I'll think of it in a matter of seconds. I'm sure, but. Uh, the Wrangell? No, not the Wrangell Mountains. That's in Alaska. Um, just, just, just to the north of uh, Buffalo, Wyoming, is the mm-hmm. big mountain range in Wyoming. But I can't think of the name mm-hmm. of it. I've drawn a blank. Mm. Now we're talking. Is this Wyoming state? We're referring yes. to or did okay. Yes. Uh, now I would I would like to ask you a question, Mr. Harris, because I understand you've uh been so hands on when it comes to uh wildlife and uh nature in essence. Um if you were an animal and I'm thinking on the lines of animal totem, spirit, that sort of thing. Um, or if you could elect an animal totem spirit as your guide, what animal would it be? Uh, well, it would it would it would probably be the brown or polar bear, I think. <laughs> okay. uh, I've never had any hands-on contact with polar bears. Mm. Something I'd really like to do at some point in time. Oh, okay. uh, but the, I've uh, uh, I have actually hand. Uh, held hands with uh, a grizzly at the Anchorage, Alaska Zoo. Mm. Uh, her name was uh, a poon. No, her name was uh, uh, and, and I also also had hands-on contact with Big Jake, who was a 1,200-pound uh, brown bear at the Anchorage Zoo. Oh, my. Uh, at one time. 1,200 pounds. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sounding like Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz, lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. My arm around a 450-pound <laughs> black bear named Lakota. Uh, Lakota in the native Indian language means friend or ally. Hmm. And uh, that's that's what the cover of my book is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was a tame bear at the Cleveland, Ohio sports show about 1990 when I took the photograph, when oh. the photograph was taken for me. How big was this bear? 450 pounds. Hey, Willa, because that's too much meat there. How tall did he stand? Uh, well, if he was standing on his hind legs, he would probably be about six and a half to seven feet. Mm. Cool. Mm. See, he's got he's that big, and I'm I'm really frightened. You know. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, uh huh. Well. As I say, this this bear had never been anything but hand raised and hand fed. It was a completely oh, tame okay. bear. 
But as you, as they say, you can never say never, and you can never say always with a bear. Mm. And he still had his claws. They didn't be claws. Uh, yes, uh, I actually, I actually had another experience at the Harrisburg Sportsman Show. Uh, there again in the 19, in the late 1980s, there was a bear called Caesar that you could wrestle, mm. and uh, I voluntarily paid twenty dollars to wrestle. Caesar the Bear at the Harrisburg Sportsman Show, and then I only paid $300 for my ambulance and x-ray. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh my. <laughs> but I, did, I, I wanted the hands-on experience with a big bear. Wow. And, uh, I, I guess I forgot that when you're close enough to put your hands on a 800-pound bear, he's close enough to put his hands on you. <laughs> right. And, uh, my, ribs don't, my ribs are only bruised. They weren't broken. Oh my! Oh, wow! Oh my goodness! Mm. Oh, me see my ribs have broke as, as small as I am. I would have been broke. Well, up. I only weighed 140 pounds at the time. Oh, so then you weigh the same thing that I weigh. Oh boy! Oh. Mm. But uh, uh, I just couldn't resist the opportunity to put my hands on a really, really big bear. Right, right. And, uh, That's like legendary to live on that story. Not a bad price to pay for that. Mm. Well, you had the experience both ways. You had the experience of experiencing him and what he will do to you. And he, well, he didn't hurt me very bad. It was his weight. The only thing that really hurt me was his weight. He had full teeth and full claws, uh, but he had been... Many times he had wrestled many, many people, yeah. uh, and uh, it wasn't too unusual for him to hurt some hurt somebody in some way. Mm. How long are his teeth? Close. Up? Uh, well, the teeth, the teeth, the teeth on a on a really mature bear would probably be about an inch and a half to two inches. Uh, grizzly, maybe a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. Wow. You're very brave. You're very, very brave. And I've been very, very lucky. <laughs> That's I'm true. Sure. Uh, with the, there again, uh, I've dived. I've dived the Galapagos Islands and the Fiji Islands. Uh, I used to go on liveaboard diving cruises around uh, all over the ocean. And uh, sharks and bears can attack you, but they almost certainly will not. Mm. Wow. I'll stay on this side. I'm good, you know. <laughs> I'm real well, good. Well, that, that's that's the smart choice. If you don't want to be hurt by animals, just uh, watch them from a distance and enjoy them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There was a gorilla in the Bronx Zoo. Her name was Oka. She passed mm-hmm. not too long ago, I believe. Well, maybe maybe a good bit, but not that much. And um, my brother and my sister and I used to go to do to feed her and after we would leave there we would go to this little pet shop and I remember this spider monkey I had a lollipop and I was holding it and all of a sudden he was in a cage all of a sudden my lollipop just got snatched out of my hand and, uh-huh. and the spider monkey had it he took a couple, uh-huh. yep. he took a couple of licks off of it and had the audacity to hand it back to me and I was like no <laughs> well, I, I, 
One thing I've never done is share a lollipop with a with a gorilla or a monkey. <laughs> I told him that was fine. You can have that. You know, I. Yeah. Most people would agree with that. I think. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's another one that a, a chimpanzee. I have a passion for them. Um, I was trying to figure out how I could have one. Then I read that I would only be able to keep him for a little while, and then I'd have to give him to the zoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they get when they get older, they get uh, a lot of animals are very very friendly when they're young. Uh-huh. And at some point in time, they will turn and become aggressive. Exactly, okay. and that's what that's what I was told that you know I wouldn't be able to keep him long, maybe a year. You know, and then I'd have to turn. But I would have to go see him every day at the zoo. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's really the intelligent thing to do with uh, animals that can be aggressive. Sooner or later, you never know when. And mm-hmm. you may you may go through your whole lifetime never having to worry about it. But if it if it changes, it's not the bear's fault or it's not, not the monkey or the gorilla's fault, you know. Right. Like, uh, what's that gorilla, um, the movie they made, Buddy? That lady had all of those um, chimps and this gorilla in her home. This mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Buddy just went, he, because he didn't need to be there, he needed to be among his own. That's, that's right. That that That's where they belong. Yeah. You know, she had to realize that and just give him up this big overgrown baby so to speak you know you can't keep him and no and and locked up in a cage come on you might as well send him to the zoo no well and uh uh i believe in zoos to educate young people mm-hmm. uh and to show that these different species exist uh-huh. but i uh uh one of the be- one of the best jobs I ever had was when I worked for the Anchorage Zoo and I was t- taking care of the animal uh, while I was working for them. I loved it, uh, but there were several times when I could have been attacked. I wasn't uh, because I, I, I like to think, I'd like to think animals know that I'm not a threat to them uh, when I'm trying to take care of them. You know, but that that you can't rely on that. Right. Right. Yes. Well, at this time, we're going to take a music break, and then we're going to come back and wrap up the interview with Mr. Harris, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, the song that we're going to hear at this time is entitled Tribute to Mother Earth, and it is an American... The poem, poem, Mother Earth? Yes, it ties Uh, in with your poem. Yes, indeed. uh, uh, Mother Earth is a warning to the future because it accurately depicts the future of global warming. I think we did it, didn't we now? Yes. Yes, okay. we did. And this good. song just kind of, it, you know, it, it coincides with the poem in the same mm-hmm. message. Thank you. Uh,
Okay, that was Tribute to Mother Earth, American Native Song. As you heard, the flute, how beautiful. I did post that link for everyone. If you go to the chat room, you will find it there. If you uh, go to the events page for the Exceptional Scribble Show, episode 64, you will also find the link is there. And what I would like to say is the following. When you view the video as the music is playing, the, the beautiful scenic photography is just breathtaking. It shows all of the animals in the wild. You see the deer. You see all of the animals, even the butterfly and, and uh, the moth. Oh, beautiful, beautiful pictures. So if you just need a lift, you just need some inspiration, ladies and gentlemen, I definitely urge you to review that specific uh, video, which is a tribute to Mother Earth. You will not be disappointed. Okay, we're going to go back to Mr. Jack Harris, and he's going to wrap up his interview segment at this time, and it's now 9.55, and we are so, so very privileged and fortunate tonight because he stayed with us for an extra hour, and we don't usually have that opportunity with all of the guests that we have in the spotlight. So this is truly a treat, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you realize just how very privileged you are tonight, and with all the wealth of information that he has shared with us, he is so willing if he could be on with us even to extend it longer, he would. And, of course, we we will have you back, of course, right, Mr. Harris? <laughs> uh, I certainly hope so, Francine. One of the things I wanted to say to you, and I think we talked about it earlier, uh, yes. right now, uh, for the last two or three months, I've been in a fight with cancer. Mm. And uh, I don't know how much longer I have to... Uh, get these messages across to uh, the people of the world. Yes. And that's one of the reasons I want to thank you very much for this opportunity. Uh, to, to You have helped me tremendously, I'm thank sure. You. And uh, I, this is something that I'd also like to ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, assuming that I uh, beat this, ca- this colon cancer, uh, I, would, I would like... Uh, to ask the presidential candidates uh, if they would consider, if they would listen to this interview and consider me as uh, uh, some kind of special assignment for the United States of America, I would be so proud to do that if oh I, in any way. Okay, well, definitely. What I'm going to do because uh, the episode is a recorded episode, and it will be available in the archives uh, as of, I, I would say, as early as tomorrow. So what I would definitely like to do is um, to submit it. Uh, there are several sites that I know are sites where um, they are frequented by persons who are um, in that realm of government, which, um, you know, we can only uh, make the offering, you know, uh, make it available. I, and then, like say, uh, in my book, uh, there is a photograph of myself with Wayne LaPierre, mm-hmm. Chris Cox, 
of the National Rifle Association and Senator Rick Santorum, who is running for president. President. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, it seems to me like you're already in in that route, per se. You're going in that direction. So it's just a matter of um, we, we're going to share the link. I can tell you mm-hmm. that firsthand. Okay. Um, myself being the host of the Accessible Civil Show, I'm definitely uh, going to be doing that. I'm going to share it with some other uh, persons and some other sites that I know they're going to share it. So we're going to get it out there. It has to be heard, and the more, the merrier. So we're going to do our part. We're promoting you and um, – with wishful thinking, with prayers, with faith, with the effort, you know, we got to do our part. Um, we'll we'll try our best to get you there. Okay, well, uh, and somehow, say, some I, way, I have uh, the chemotherapy coming up, so I don't know how how much time I have. But this has been a tremendous opportunity, and I couldn't thank you enough. Oh, you're very welcome. Well. Um, can you share your contact information? And, of course, we're going to do the same so that people can connect with you post mm-hmm. the show tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, my contact information, uh, my, uh, 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 as, you, as you've stated many times, my uh, website is, nice. is almost everything that's important to me is listed on my website. Okay. Uh, jackswildlifedreams.com. Uh, my email address would actually be jackharris at jackswildlifedreams.com. Uh, but I and my I don't know if I should. Uh, I guess I should give my cell phone number uh, at five seven zero five seven five zero seven five seven. Okay. Um, I don't really request that, but I mean mm-hmm. that's optional if you would like to do that over the air. But definitely your uh, website information and what is that email one more time, Mr. Harris? Uh, uh, Jack Harris at jackswildlifedreams.com. Okay, because I'm making that available, mm-hmm. and that's wildlifedreams.com, correct? Wildlifedreams.com. Okay. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Jack Harris, and of course, we will be in touch because. We want to have you as a return guest on the panel, and we're going to then find out as far as the efforts um, that we're going to make and uh, others, too, to get your uh, video, to get your audio uh, recording of this episode heard because we want people to hear uh, all of what you bring to the table, to know the information that you have shared. Even as for Panda, we didn't really go into that in uh, in depth much on uh, tonight in this interview, but we're definitely going to do that uh, you, on the next one. Would you consider setting, setting up a show with myself and Dan Johnson? Yes, uh, I would. Who is the founder of Panda? Yes, I would. I would love to do that. Please. That, that will be done. I'm going to, yes, I'm going to speak positive. Yes, we're going to do that. We're okay. going to do that. That's, that's very, very important to me. Uh, America's mm-hmm. freedom is being taken away, but uh, that is, is incredible that they could ever, ever pass that law. 
uh, in the United States of America, the land of the free, mm-hmm. uh, where you can just disappear for years at a time. It's just unbelievable. And it was only it was only passed because it was in the defense budget, and uh, they had asked several. Uh, Congressman, did you read the entire thing? And several of the congressmen said, "Of course not. It's it's too many pages." Mm-hmm. So they were they, they, lots of bills get signed, uh, passed, taking our freedoms away a little bit at a time by congressmen not paying attention to the job they're supposed to be doing. Mm. That's right. That's right. We've got to know. We've got to stay in the know, ladies and gentlemen. There's so much going on, and our government truly is passing laws that if we're not aware of how they're going to impact our lives, we are not prepared for what's to come. And if our rights are going to be taken from us, we will not be prepared to defend ourselves. And that's a scary thought. Uh, so we we definitely don't want to be in that predicament. Uh, Francine, Prince, uh, yes. uh, uh, if you look at all the laws that are on the books, I honestly believe that the American citizen is probably the most regulated person on the face of the earth. Mm. I have to say I agree with that. Well, I honestly believe it, and it and it uh, it's just it's just the eradication of our freedom has been so constant for so long. Give up a little piece of this and a little piece of that, and sooner or later, it's almost all gone. All gone. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. I I've um, heard people say that um, we're not even aware we're in a police state. Even that's right now. That's, that's an accurate statement. Mm-hmm. That's that is an accurate statement. Uh, but uh, in this country too, uh, many many laws are not enforced unless they have a very good reason to put them on to put enforcement on them. And I'd like mm-hmm. to say too that I'm the biggest. I'm I'm one of the biggest supporters of the police in this country. Mm-hmm. The, the average policeman in this country is dedicate, completely dedicated to his community. Uh, there, there is corruption in our police forces, yes, but uh, the average policeman is there for one reason, because he cares about the people around him just as much as, the, as somebody you see wearing a Red Cross vest. If you see somebody wearing a Red Cross vest, it's because they care about the people around them. Mm-hmm. So we need to band together, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We need to be community-centered, more community-centered, and realize that we've got to network as a community. We've got to stay informed. We've got to keep our community well-informed about these things because these laws that are being passed, they're going to impact our lives directly. And, our, and the lives of our children. And the and lives, the lives the, of our children. children are going to pay the price. They are going to pay the price, yes, indeed. They're the future. And we don't want them to have to pay 
an awful price. We we want we it's their world to take care of. We should stress to stress to the uh, younger generations that it's their world to take care of, and the earlier they mm. start to try to get involved in that, mm-hmm. the better off the world will be. I agree. Yes, indeed. We must include them. They need to know the process, the political process, even as far as voting and even as far as uh, the court system itself and how it how it operates. They need to know. Understand that. Yes, they need to know the process, how it functions. All those uh, things should be well explained and well defined to them at an early age. Uh, because when they can understand it, they can grasp it, then they in turn can respect it. But if they're not taught of what it is and why it's significant and why it's necessary, it's a necessary good, some say a necessary evil, but we're going to, it's our job, it's our duty as the adult to keep them knowledgeable. Yes. Yes, of how this world is set up and how government, policy, all these things, what their significance is and how it directly impacts on us today and tomorrow Mm -hmm. as far as our involvement in these functions and factions. It's our job to do it. And if we keep giving our power away, I think a lot of times uh, the parents are giving it away and entrusting the schools Uh, to teach it to their children. And then when their child is miseducated, they're angry, they're bitter. more than most people realize. Mm -hmm. And the thing about it is we're supposed to be taught at home first. And I think a lot of parents some now are are starting to see the need and understanding that it's necessary and they're doing it but there's still so many that aren't uh we could uh one one major impact we could make on our young uh is to uh actually start schools earlier than they do mm-hmm. uh you can teach young people things they they pick it up so fast mm-hmm. uh where an older person, uh, it just doesn't work as well. So the, the more they know when they're young, the more they're they're informed when they're young. Now I uh, ask. Now I ask. Mm-hmm. We set we set up the world uh, uh, to be a better place. That's so very true. So very true. Well, I tell you, it's been my pleasure. The pleasure has been all mine, Mr. John Paul Jack Harris Jr. <laughs> And I am most definitely going to be in touch with you because we do want to have you return Okay. on the panel. I would appreciate that very much. And I would like to invite the co-host, Queen Zipporah Thelman. She facilitates the next hour, which is the Publishing Tips Hour, and we also have poetry readings during that hour. I would like to invite her to speak with you before you leave. Welcome, Queen Zipporah Thelman. Welcome, Queen Francine and everyone 
one exceptional scribble. This is Queen Zipporah Thelman calling from Radio Land. How is everyone? I'm fine, and I have alongside with me the special guest in the spotlight tonight. Um, before he exits uh, from the panel tonight, I would like for you to come forward with him. It's Mr. Uh, Jack Harris, and we were discussing many things. He is a uh, wildlife preservationist and a conservationist. Uh, he's done a lot of things. He's been hands-on as for uh, working closely with the animal life in the wild. He's um, been one that has helped to uh, trap, track, and tag bears. Trap, tag, and power black bears. (laughs) Yes, black bears. And um, he was sharing with us about the NDAA. I'm not sure if you're aware of that law and how it... um, does infringe upon our rights as citizens of America and how um, indefinite detainment is a direct result of that act being established here in the U.S. So um, is there any question that you may have? We're, we're going to have Mr. Harris back on, and the next time he comes on, I'll have you to have a um for notice, of course, um, beforehand, so that you can join and hear his interview because he shared a wealth of information. We've gone, of course, over two hours. It's been just so much good information he shared. So we definitely have to have him back. But um, I would like for you to, um, if you have any questions for him, uh, feel free to ask them. And um, if you just have some comments or maybe something you heard while you were listening. Well, uh, well, Mr. John Paul, I really don't have any, you know, questions or comments. This is my first time hearing about the National Defense Authorization Act. Yes. Yes, and so uh, when I do learn more information about it, then we can talk. Uh, well, I look forward to talking to you anytime mm-hmm. about any subject, actually. Oh, all right. Thank you. And do you have any questions, Deport, maybe about even wildlife? He educated us about the black bear, the brown bear, and bears in general. There is a lot of information that we did not already know firsthand that he was able to share. Would you have any questions? Well, if I say about the black bears, uh, what happens, well, I know what happens after they are caught, you know, you know, in a trap and all removed, and their fur is used for, you know, otherwise. Uh, Hunting has been a part of the human race forever, Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, getting getting to the point where the animals are not unlimited and the human population is infringing so much on their their habitat, uh, it's the people that are going into the animal's habitat. It's not the other way around. Uh, And... uh, uh, I just want I just want to create a better world for people and animals, mm-hmm. a more balanced world between the people and the animals. All right. So, what you know? How does a, a hunting a black or a brown bear you know help the humans? Uh, well, it uh, anything that is anything that is taken at first of all, there must be population controls on large predatory animals. 
but a balanced population control on large predatory animals. Uh, in most cases, uh, ant- wildlife is not aggressive to human beings. Uh, almost every animal in the world has a natural fear of a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, I remember reading about a uh, and seeing this picture. It's about how the country Holland built a bridge across the highways for, you know, animals to cross safely. Uh, <laughs> it has happened in Canada, too, I believe. There's overcrosses in in Canada over the Alaska Highway uh, to, uh, 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 to allow wildlife to travel from one zone to another. And it's very important mm-hmm. that the animals can travel in their native home ranges. Mm-hmm. Because one night I saw a fox, you know, out on the parking lot, which is unusual. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the same of being, you know, wildlife not a threat to humans, but humans bothering the wildlife's habitats is making the wildlife coming to the humans as one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, um, uh, as I say, there, I don't know all the answers as far as how to balance those, the human and the animal population. But there, mm-hmm. there, there comes a point where you can't just keep destroying the animals, like the like the Siberian tiger, which I consider the most beautiful animal in the world, and mm-hmm. uh, it's certainly one of the most endangered of animals in the world, uh, and, and it has a, a huge uh, native area mm-hmm. uh, where it uh, should it actually belongs. There for as long as we can keep it there in the wild. Hmm. Yeah, and I understand that the Siberian tiger is the only wildcat that likes water. Uh, the, oh, their their population is like estimated at, in the low thousands, mm-hmm. uh, very low mm. thousands, and oh, they my. cover uh, 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 a tremendous uh, amount of territory. Uh, <clears throat> we have to make allowances for animals, aggressive animals. They will, they will, there will always be problems between animals and human beings, uh, predatory animals and human beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't be, can't be avoided. But in most cases, the people that are hurt by animals are hurt because they react poorly to mm-hmm. the circumstances. Yeah, that, yeah, and those circumstances, especially. If a wild animal and a human meet one another, there's, uh, you know, there's trouble between the two species, between the two races, and one is going to get the other, you know, invite, you know, one is going to get the other, you know, to avoid, you know, being killed. Uh, well, you, uh, no human being can outrun predatory animals. Yeah, uh, your best, yeah, best bet is to stand up and try to uh, make them realize that you are a human being. Mm-hmm. Make them, you're not making them realize you're a, a human being. You are making them realize that you are a potential threat to them. Now, how do you make the wild animal know that you're a human being? Uh, well, there are two ways to do it. One is, in almost all cases, predatory animals. If the, if you're if the wind is from the person to the animal, it spreads the human scent. And they have the natural fear of human scent. In, uh-huh. in many, many cases where people are attacked by animals, 
the wind is from the animal to the person and they don't they don't even real all they see is something that they can conquer or attack and as a food source and in most cases those animals are uh on the on the human being before they even realize that it is a human being mm-hmm. now what about if they don't smell if they don't smell the human scent Oh, so if they don't smell, if the animal doesn't smell the human scent, it's going to assume the enemy, it's another predator. The natural fear doesn't kick in. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, what about the cases of dolphins? I mean, dolphins are supposed to help humans. Uh, I I had an experience. It's written into my book. I was in the Fiji Islands, and uh, a large group of dolphins came up around the boat. Uh, I was on a 12-day scuba diving trip there. And I told the crew that I had always wanted to swim with the dolphins. And I was going to take my snorkel and fins and VC and try to swim with the, with the porpoises. Well, as soon as I hit the water, I could see as many as 28 porpoises all around me. And there were many more than that. Just out of just in the area, but I focused in on one group of uh, the dolphins, and I started to follow them, and they allowed me to get close, but not too close, They were like uh-huh. maybe 20 or 30 feet. They wouldn't let me get any closer than that. Uh-huh. And I chased them on the surface, uh, snorkeling, for as fast as I could swim to stay with them, uh-huh. and eventually when I lost contact with them, I turned around, and the hundred-foot-long Pacific Nomad boat that I had just jumped off of uh, looked like about the size of my thumbnail against the island. I had followed them so far out to sea, and uh, I didn't real—I didn't realize how far I had—I've been able to swim with them. And uh, when I turned around to go to start swimming back to, toward the boat, if the ocean current had been in the wrong direction. I would never have been able to make that swim. But what happened is when they realized that I was following these dolphins way out to sea, they sent a boat after me, and the, and the boat was only about 100 yards behind me, uh-huh. and, I, and I was picked up and transported back to the boat. If the, uh-huh. if the ocean current had been in the wrong direction, I'd have never been able to make that swim. It was just... Uh-huh. I got uh-huh. overly excited, and it uh-huh. could have caused me... My life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I I talked to another. I talked to some other divers uh, that got on a whale shark in the Sea of Cortez, and they were riding the whale shark, which is a perfectly harmless. It's just a giant animal, but it's a harmless animal, and they were grabbing its fins and holding on and being towed. And uh, when they let go of the whale shark. They were floating on top of the Sea of Cortez for six hours before a mm. fishing boat picked them up. Mm. So the whale, uh, the whale shark had abandoned them. Uh, they had uh, run up low on air and decided to abandon the whale shark. The whale shark was just swimming wherever it decided to swim mm-hmm. and towing this thing that wouldn't even bother them. I mean, the whale shark weighs 30,000 pounds or so. And, oh, yeah, that, yeah, whales are big animals. They're the biggest yeah, mammal. Yeah. Or, they wouldn't even lift the, the little thing dragging on their fin. 
And uh, they, so they abandoned the whale shark, and when they they got overly excited, and uh, by being in contact with this huge animal, and just by grace of God, uh, they were managed to float on the surface of the sea uh, for six hours before they were picked up mm-hmm. by a fishing boat. Uh, just mm-hmm. grace of God, there that they they didn't lose their lives too. Uh, but uh, preserving the ocean is the most important thing the human race can do. Uh-huh. Yeah, one of the things that I write in my uh, book is uh, the, ri- the the uh, streams, creeks, and rivers are Mother Nature's blood blood uh, blood vessels. They all and they all flow into her heart, the oceans of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whatever you put in those rivers and creeks, you know, especially for example, pollution is going to go out. Eventually, winds up in the ocean, and we have to mm-hmm. preserve. We have to preserve mm-hmm. clean water on this planet, or the human race is doomed. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. One, yeah. I noticed, you know, we've experienced, there's been a series of oil spills. Oh. And, you know, it's just, and and marine life is impacted. Um, They showed how even certain uh, uh, fowls, uh, birds, how they had to go through a series of detoxification. Yeah, I'm um, a process of that due to the oil spills and certain chemicals impacted the sea, marine life, like uh, certain seafood, I was told. Um, they yeah. said you got to be careful now because some of it came from uh, waters that were polluted by the oil. Uh, the, oil, oil spills, the oil spills, the oil spills mm-hmm. in the Gulf of Alaska and the oil spills mm-hmm. in the Gulf of Mexico uh, it goes out last the, If you look for right? that, you will find. Uh, it's not very hard to find the evidence, and the, the oil is still out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you, put, when you mix oil and water, there will be problems always. Yeah, Sooner or later, uh, there will be problems. And now, one of the things that you know I learned about with the um, like the wildlife that was in the oil spill was that dawn soap was used to like clean like you know ducklings. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, far more of those animals actually died and were saved. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for sharing, you know, about your, you know, information about the National Defense Authorization Act. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Very, very important. Mm-hmm. It must be repealed. It's just the most un-American thing that's ever happened. Yeah, well, it's just like we using natural resources, but not, you know, replanting them. Uh, well, the human race has the intelligence to overcome all of its mistakes, but does it? Ha- does it? It'll be. It'll be too far gone before we make the commitment to solving those problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, greed runs the runs the world. Mm-hmm. It is a sickness, all right. Absolutely. And that's why the animals are coming into, you know, humans' areas is because the humans are messing with their homes. Well, we're, we're, we're going into their habitat 
Yeah. They were they they were there millions of years before human beings. Mm-hmm. Their 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 family their families were using those same trails long before humans uh, impacted their their habitat. Mm-hmm. And and that should be taken into uh, uh, consideration mm-hmm. when when you're dealing with wildlife. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I have okay. no more questions or comments. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Queen Zipporah Thelman, co-host of the Exceptional Scribble Show and lead facilitator of the Publishing Tips Hour, which we are now going into, and we're going in full throttle. And we want to say to you, Mr. Jack Harris, again, thank you. It was a pleasure to interview you. I'm looking forward to having a second opportunity, and we will definitely be in touch with you to schedule you to come on along with uh, Mr. Is it Dan or Don Johnson? Dan Johnson. Okay, Mr. Dan Johnson. He's only a young kid that spotted this law, and Mm -hmm. he took the initiative to stand up and say, wait a minute, this can't be in America. And Mm -hmm. I consider the young man as much of an American patriot as Martin Luther King. Yes, indeed. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're referring to Mr. Dan Johnson, and he is the founder of Panda, correct? The Panda People Movement. People Against uh, uh, the NDAA Law. Yes. National Defense Association. Well, thanks so much, Mr. Harris. And um, from all of us, we want you to know we appreciate all of what you did here tonight, enlightening us of the things that we should know, and we we will definitely commit it to memory, and make sure that we disperse the information and spread it abroad. And we will definitely be visiting your site, and I'm going to share that website information one more time with everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, you can visit the following website so that you can find out more information in detail about joining Team Earth, purchasing a Team Earth T-shirt, uh, learning more about Mr. John Paul Jack Harris, Jr., uh, viewing videos as well as pictures of all of the work that he has done as a preservationist of the wildlife. And this is the website information. It's www.jacks, J as in Jerry, A as in Abraham, C as in Calvin, K as in Kevin, S as in Samuel, Wildlife Dreams, which is all together, jackswildlifedreams.com. Again, www.jackswildlifedreams.com. Okay, everything that you need to find out, everything that you need to know, and everything that you need to see so that you can make a donation, so that you can purchase his book. Remember, his book is available. You can go to the website and order the book as well. And, Mr. Harris, can you share, again, uh, the title name of your book and also how much uh, 
Uh, yeah, well, to purchase the, the, it. The title, the title of the book is Beyond My Wildest Dream. Uh, it's the, the front cover shows me with my uh, in a bright red shirt with my arm around a 450-pound black bear. Uh, it was written primarily because I wanted people to understand bears better than they do, and I personalized the book for twenty dollars. Uh, to anybody that orders it, I personalize the book and send it and uh, hmm. send it for uh, two and a half hours uh, uh, mailing fee. Excellent. And you said how is that twenty dollars? Twenty dollars, yes. And you'll personalize it. You you will uh, include your signature. I prefer I, the signature is on, I I sign the entire second edition. Uh, oh. Because I wanted people to have something personal, but I personalized the book to the person. If I, if I mo- almost all the books I've sold have been personalized to the people who bought them because they oh, were okay. uh, fishing and fishing and hunting clients that I've known personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I do send I want the my, whoever my readers to have something very special and. Uh, most of the uh, second edition is signed in my name uh, with a gold lettering on the pen. Uh, well. Mr. Harris? Yes. Okay. Well, thank you once more, and we will definitely be ordering your book. Okay. Beyond My Wildest Dreams, ladies and gentlemen, do not miss out on this opportunity. Again, the title of the book is Beyond My Wildest Dreams by Mr. John Paul Jack Harris, Jr. And remember, if you order the book, purchase the book online. Go to the website, www.jackswildlifedreams.com. I repeat, www.jackswildlifedreams.com. Dreams.com. Okay. Thanks again, Mr. Harris. And we are looking forward to your return on the panel as a special guest in the spotlight. Uh, well, that that can happen too fast for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, shall we schedule you in about, okay, we're going into July now. Shall we schedule you for a date in October? Uh, well, uh, as I say, uh, I have ke- I have chemotherapy coming up. I don't know if I'll be alive in October. Okay. So we'll correspond with you then, and we'll see if we have to do it for a sooner, for an earlier date than that. If not, uh, I, will, I will try to keep you informed of my physical... Uh, personally, I'll try to inform keep you informed of my personal... Physical situation. I expect to beat the cancer. I really do. Yes. But and I know that they can cure almost anything. But after mm-hmm. I had the cancer, I also uh, I was only out of the hospital two or three days, and I had to come back in for a bowel obstruction, mm. which is uh, uh, that can put me on an operating table an hour from now. So oh, I've been you. I've been in the hospital almost three months. Now. Uh, well, we definitely with the exception of maybe ten days. We definitely um, will keep you lifted as well in our prayers and uh, positive uh, meditation thoughts, and sending our love and support as well. 
keep yes, definitely keep me informed because okay, I definitely, definitely want to make certain that you can do the interview um in the time of which you're in good health where you're strong enough mm-hmm. to do it, you know. So we're definitely going to stay in touch with you, keep us informed, and um, good health to you. And we're uh, speaking of speedy, but a full recovery as well. Uh, thank you. Any any prayers are very, very welcome. They can only help me. That's even, right. Even That's if it goes the other way, it can only help me. That's right. Yes, indeed. Well, thanks again. We've been truly honored to have you. On the panel of the show, and we look forward to your return, Mr. Harris. Okay, thank you very much. Have a wonderful evening, a, a pleasant night, and a oh, good back, rest. I go back to my hospital bed right now. <laughs> okay. Mm. Uh, okay. Thanks again for for the sacrifice as well, because we know you're um, you know going through in your body, but yet you gave us time. You gave us a lot of time, and we truly appreciate that. And um, Many blessings to you as well for doing that for us. Thank you very much. I I could not thank you enough. You're welcome. And I will make certain to share the archive link. I will send it uh, via email and um, uh, make certain that you get it as soon as it becomes available on tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Thanks again. Okay. Thank you. All All right. And good night. Good night. Okay, Queen Zipporah Thelman, um, we're going to have you to start off. Now, this is what we're going to do because we have a lot of callers that are calling in at this time, and and they're poets, and they're going to read poetry. So we're going to have you do uh, at least 10 minutes, and then we're going to have a poetry break. Mm -hmm. And then we'll have you come back 10 minutes so you do get breaks in between within an hour, okay? All right. So what I have, all right. All right, so what I have for tonight is uh, I have two uh, articles, and I'm just going to read, you know, the short one. Mm-hmm. And what it is, it deals with, uh, you know, how I'm continuing on about how writers are paid. Yeah. So before I do that, I have a writing tip, which is transferring ideas from paper to the computer slash laptop is a feeling of the story. Mm-hmm. All right, and I also have two Pennsylvania literary agencies. The first one is Max Gardenberg Literary Agency, 912 North Pennsylvania Avenue, Yardley, spelled Y-A-R-D-L-E-Y, Pennsylvania, 19067. The phone number is 215-295. Nine two three zero. The fax is two one five two nine five nine two four zero. The second agent is the Booker Albert Agency, P.O. Box two zero nine three one, York, Pennsylvania one nine seven. Excuse me, one seven four zero two. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, on to how authors are paid. All right, the first is from an article at 
1-0-1, those are numbers, number one, the number zero, and the number one, dot uh, forward slash page, P, like Peter, A-I-D, dot H-T-M. The royalty is specified in your contract and varies by publisher. The common... Are you a blogger for me? Okay, Hello? excuse me, someone, uh, whoever that may be that's speaking at this time, I do ask that you be polite, the lead facilitator at this hour and this moment is the only speaker at this time. All right, I'll start over. Mm-hmm, thank you. All right, you're welcome. The royalty is a specified is specified in your contract and varies by publisher. The common royalty rate is ten percent for hardcover sales and six percent to eight percent for paperback. Traditionally, publishers paid the royalty on the actual retail price, but more publishers are moving to paying royalties on the net price or the amount they actually receive from bookstores. Stores purchase books from publishers at a 30% to 50% discount. Though getting paid on retail versus net price is generally not negotiable, you can sometimes get a slightly higher royalty if you ask. Most publishers pay the author in advance against future royalties. The author receives half the advance on signing of the contract and half when the final manuscript is delivered. If you're getting a 10% royalty on a retail price of a $10 book and your advance is $3,000, then once your book is published, it needs to sell 3,000 copies before Mm. you'll start receiving additional royalty checks. If the book never, quote, earns back, end quote, the advance, selling less than 3,000 copies, it's the publisher's loss. Of course, the publisher is hoping that your book will earn much more. I'm skipping down mm-hmm. some parts. But remember that the advance is really just a payment on future royalties. If your book sells well, you'll get the money in the long run. You also need to realize that for a picture book, <clears throat> the advance and royalty are split between the author and illustrator. So if you write the text but don't supply the pictures, you'll get one-half the royalty, 5%, and one-half the advance. For books with only a few black and white illustrations, the author gets most, if not all, of the royalty, and the illustrator is paid separately. If my book sells six sells for sixteen dollars, why do I only get a dollar sixty? Believe it or not, the publisher doesn't walk away with fourteen dollars and forty cents profit on a sixteen dollar book. A little bit of the publisher's overhead is paid <clears throat> by each book sold. A large group of people will work on your book. The editor, copy editor, proofreader, managing editor, art director, production manager, marketing department, sales staff, and subsidiary rights, not to mention all their assistants. And everyone gets a salary. Your book needs to be printed, probably overseas, especially if it's a picture book, and shipped to stores. Publicity efforts may include sending out review copies which come out of the publisher's pocket, printing up posters or bookmarks, taking out ads and review journals, and sending the sales staff to book conventions. 
your book has to justify all these expenses and still have something left over for the publisher. And that's the end of this article. Okay. Well, um, thanks so much. That was a very informative article, and the information you disclosed with everyone was truly necessary information, especially for those who desire to be published authors and maybe even for some of us who have become published authors, but we want to do it again, and this time we want to do it better and have a better outcome or end result than we did the first time with the first book we had published. So you can never know enough when it comes to publishing, ladies and gentlemen. There's so much to know, and um, with advancement in technology, there's so much to learn. So let's keep in mind to take notes we don't want to miss out on retainment and, and ways in which we can retain this information because, believe you me, you will want to have this to refer with in the uh, future because there will be something that you'll want to have published. Maybe not a book, but it could be um, a play. It could be a journal, maybe not poetry. It could be a novel. It could be a lot of things, but in order to do it in a successful manner, you have to know what things to avoid and what things you need to do. So I want to encourage and urge everyone, take notes and ask any questions. I'm going to go to Queen Fran, before you continue, Mm -hmm. uh, back to this article. Back to the article, I gave the website, and it's Copyright 2001 Children's Book Insider, LLC. I want to acknowledge Noah's following. Yes, and of course, like we had um, started doing Queens of Poor, what I'm going to start having done is um, after each show, if you would um, post all of the reference links and information that you share here on the panel, if you could post that on the Exceptional Scribble Show fan page, because mm-hmm. we definitely want everyone to refer with it later, and uh, we want to make certain that they have it correct, because we know even sometimes when you're taking notes, you may miss print something. (laughs) So we definitely want you to share that with us. And I will uh, put it in poster form as well. All right. Now, the second thing I want to say is that, you know, I'm just looking at this, is my my observation. Mm -hmm. Yes. Artists are Earth's thinking patrols. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And repeat that for us, for everyone, please. Artists are Earth's thinking patrols. Mm, artists are Earth's thinking patrol. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, when you hear that statement, it really, it's like a call to action if you're an artist. You, you acquire from hearing that statement a sense of urgency in your role. It's like roll call. It's like you answer to it. You have to stand up to it. You have to assert yourself to do it. And and, and that's necessary. We need to start being exactly just that earth thinking patrol. I believe that. I affirm that. 
That's what we are as artists, ladies and gentlemen. And you heard it here first by none other than the co-host of the Exceptional Scribble Show, Queen Zipporah Thelman herself. We're going to go to southwest Louisiana. We're going to hear some poetry, and we're going to do some poetry, and then we're going to come back to Queen Zipporah Thelman. She's the lead facilitator for the Publishing Tips Hour. Welcome back, poetess Monica. Welcome back, Poetess Monica. Okay, I'm going to come back to Poetess Monica. Welcome back. Do we have Lady of Love available? Welcome back, Lady of Love. Okay, I'm going to... Welcome back, Lady of Love. Are you there? Welcome back, Lady of Love. Okay. We're going to go to Texas. Welcome to our caller from Texas. Welcome. Hello? Yes, welcome. Please give your name. Hey, Francine. This is Ken calling back. Okay. Poet Ken. Poet Ken. Well, I tell you, it's a pleasure to have you again with us. And um, what I'm going to do at this time is have you, if you have a poem ready, now if you want me to come back to you, I'll go to Ohio. We have Ohio and then we have Georgia. So you tell me, what what will it be? Actually, I do have a poem. Actually, it's a tricky poem. That, Excellent. I think I spoke with you last time, last week. And I was telling you that I had a uh, one of our one of our brothers in Christ passed away a week ago. Mm-hmm. Home going this past Saturday, and I remember like a couple of days after you know I made the, the announcement of it, and I remember you telling me like you know that you sensed that a poem or something was going to come out. Yes, yes. And when you spoke that. It was just sitting in my spirit, and I was just like, okay, look, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And I, I wasn't sure how to do it, so one of my, um, one of the sisters I know from a church posted a picture on her page, and I actually took that picture and used that as kind of like as motivation for me to do this, this tribute for him, and I wanted to read it to you tonight. So Thank you. Wonderful. So this is like my tribute poem to my brother in Christ. His name was Eric Waterman. He was one of our guitar players that we had at our church, and very, very wonderful man. He was a, he was a, you know, God-fearing man. He life been changed dramatically the moment he joined the ministry, and I mean, there's a lot more behind, you know, his story that others know about more than I do. So. Mine is based on what he played and, and what made him who he is as as a man. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do this here for you guys and mm-hmm. just take a seat. Okay. There's a sound that I hear that's unique. There's a sound that I hear that's wonderful. There's a sound that I hear that will have your spirit sewing. That sound is the song 
that Brother Eric plays when God is present. Mm. It's crisp, it's pure, it's jamming. This is how he sings through his guitar. I can sense God's presence to what Brother Eric is playing. Now, to the world, he's a rock star. But to God, he's an all-star. To see the transformation of a winner, you've got to know his story. My Abbach family has many stories to share. I've learned to embrace a man even when he isn't at his best. The musicians have a bond with him that's unbreakable. Words can't be explained. Just be a witness to what God can do. My brother in Christ is a fighter. He kicked cancer's butt. When the call came for him to go home, his playing days were over. But make no mistake about it. He may be resting in heaven, but the sweet sound he created mm. still plays on. And that's my tribute to my brother in Christ, Brother Eric Waterman. May he rests in heaven. In that peace. Mm. Awesome. Poem. Awesome. Very heartfelt. I could feel the emotion behind every word, every line. Um, And I also detected a lot of hope. Mm -hmm. Um, You were inspired to write about your brother and friend, dear friend. And you also are hopeful in that your faith speaks that there will be a happy reunion someday. So... I definitely encourage you to have that poem in a place where it's not too hard for you to find it every day. Because during the time of grieving the loss of a loved one, especially someone that's close and dear to your heart, um, a poem can can really help in ways uh, that not even other uh, shows or gestures like a hug or or something like that, or holding uh, your hand or putting their hand on your shoulder could even assure you. So keep that poem definitely in a highly visible focal point in your room or in your house where your eyes will meet it every day at some point, and it can further inspire and inspire you and bring you hope at this time of need. Most definitely. definitely. Well written. I'm going to get some feedback. Uh, Queen Zipporah, what would you like to say to Poet Ken about that poem? Well, one of the lines that I found to be very affecting is when he said that, you know, he kicked cancer's butt. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, uh, cancer, you know, it's a disease that already has been, you know, it just was given a name. It's just, Mucus, but it was just given a new name, and of course, it's claiming people almost every day. But it must not—it must be prepared to go in and take a life with that life of not, but not expecting that life to fight it back. Excellent job! Excellent uh, feedback! Excellent remarks! And Poet Kim, what would you like to say in response to Queen Zipporah's uh, commentary? About your poem. To Queen Zipporah, I greatly appreciate your coming on this. And 
I'm gonna be honest with you guys. This was very difficult for me to even write, and I had to sometimes when it, when I read this piece, I had to hold back tears on this because it was just that hard to do. Because this is not like the first time I've actually came in contact with someone who know who is battling cancer. I remember as a young teenager, I had a friend of mine, a schoolmate of mine, I should say, mm-hmm. who was dealing with cancer as well. Mm-hmm. Basically, she survived it. But the idea of someone getting cancer, you know, it, it really has an effect on someone you know and love that's close to you. And um, it has an effect on people, like, you know, it makes you think that you're going to lose hope on that, thinking, oh, they won't survive it or they won't overcome it. And it, and it, takes, and it takes faith and it takes hope to stand on that. And not only that, this person believes that this person will pull through. And I just know, I know my my pastor's been, like, preaching sermons about, you know, the five stones of, you know. He basically goes on talking about David and Goliath. And he used the illustration of the five stones of of of, of taking down your giants. And let's just say the answer is that giant. Mm-hmm. And if you use what's been offered to you, and those stones that my pastor used was a great illustration that he used. And not in just everyday living by itself. When you see yourself in a certain situation, think about those stones for a minute. Whenever you're in a bind sometimes, just think about those stones. It's like that was there for, for David to use to take down this, this giant, Goliath. So we all deal with giants every single day. Yeah. We deal with giants every single day. Whatever it is we face with, that's our giant. Mm-hmm. And we must defeat these giants. No matter what, because they'll get bigger and bigger every single time. When you defeat one, you're going to have another one. You're always going to be into a fight. But you know in the end, you're going to win. Mm-hmm. And that's a given fact right there. And, and <laughs> yeah. and I, just, I just thank you guys for just allowing me to, 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 to spit this here peaceful, you guys. I mean, it's really hard to feel, and I just appreciate it very much. You're welcome, Ken. This is Queen Zipporah, and uh, you read my mind, because I was going to say something similar about, you know, cancer being, you know, obstacles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hello? You still there? Yeah. I'm sorry. All right. I'm sorry. All right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 That allowed them to take my weapon. It was a it was a cook block, but you had to push them, push them, and then pull out. Okay, when it's hard for someone to take your weapon out. Mm-hmm. She had an old fashioned just a strap. But how do you just just strip it right and I like? When my little thing off, and his name was Nick 
never forget the next And my drug enforcement officer, like I can't remember his name, and I think it's Scotty. And I had Serpicol. This dude looked just like Serpicol and was crooked as the crooked was. Okay? So, I got to her, and I said, calm down. She's breathing on heavy. She is nervous. I said, calm down. She follow my lead. Back to back. Put your back up against mine. That way we have peripheral vision all around us. Okay? I said, there are other units on the way. But because of the weather, it may take them some time. So we have to disperse crowds. We have to break up this crowd. We have to remove the loud ones, the instigators, the ones that will do harm. And it was a full moon, and I swear to God, the snow looked like nothing but cocaine. That shit that comes from Bolivia. And the, and the moon was just, just, it was like it was lovely. Mm-hmm. And big. It just So the Ashad, do not unsnap your host. Tell me. Hello? Oh. Hello? Yeah? Yes. Hi, is Fran still here, guys? Hello? Hello? Fran? Hello? Yes. Fran? Oh. I'm sorry. Now, <laughs> now, Depora, were you just now giving... Because I know we stopped with, um, we stopped with Ken, and then somebody else came on. I don't know if it was the first caller. No, you said Mama O. And oh, you know what? We're going to go to, because I have a caller from Ohio. I'm not going to pull her in just yet. Uh-huh. We're going to uh, Southwest Georgia. Welcome to the call, Southwest Georgia. Southwest Georgia, you're on the call. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. This is the host, Fran the Sage Poet. Welcome, Southwest Georgia. I don't know why I'm not hearing any voice. I'm not getting any voice. Um, One more time before I have to go to the next call. Welcome, Southwest Georgia. You're on the call. Okay, we're going to go to Southwest Louisiana.
Welcome, Southwest Louisiana. Yes, yes. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, I do want you to share a poem with us, and if you have a poem that would raise awareness, a lot of people are seeing humanity as divided by race when humanity is a race. Um, And uh, if you have any poems on that topic, you can read the poem of your choice, or if you have a poem on the topic of saving Mother Earth. We're going to start there. We're going to come from the perspective of being a conservationist. Oh, I'm sorry. Repeat that for us. There's some technical difficulties. Yes, yeah, say that one more time, Poetess Monica. I'm sorry because I had problems hearing you, and so did the callers and the listening yes. audience. Okay, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do it. Now, maybe you could come back to me? Oh, okay. Not a problem. I will come back to you, okay? Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Southwest Ohio. I'd like to just uh, welcome my dear sister and poetess, uh, Lydia, born to write cook, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, Lydia. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, friends. Say the poet. I want to first of all uh, congratulate the queen on her feature tonight. How are you, darling? I'm fine, Lydia. How are you? I'm wonderful, wonderful. And I'm not sure if Ken is still listening, but that was a very a beautiful piece. It takes a a lot sometimes for men to share their emotions like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree that with was, you. Um, that was beautiful and. I pray for his healing and the family of the of the loved one that was lost. Mm-hmm. Friend, friend, yes. friend. I'm yes, loving yes. this show, Sister Queen, and whoever's listening, if you've never hosted blog before, if you don't know a lot about blogs, the blog sometimes has its own mind and its own energy. <laughs> you just have to come back to center because Talk shoe, I don't care, blog talk, whatever. We are mm-hmm. dealing with the world of technology, people. So, you know, um, this is a beautiful show, and I'm just really happy to be here to support you. You get so much support out in the community, educating us, poets, and stuff like that. You know, you're definitely important this way, Queen. Oh, thank you so much. I tell you, your words of encouragement are always, always much appreciated. And truly, this panel was created to do just that, to give the the artists an opportunity to, first, have their voice heard, and second, to be respected and much appreciated, shown appreciation, and then third, to showcase their artistry, because a lot of times artists are struggling and starving because they're not given that opportunity to spread their love via their artistry, and they're not given an open door. Sometimes they're not always welcome or well-received because they're judged by their appearance. But artists need to be heard. I believe that artists are the modern-day prophets and messengers. 
and they have a message for the world. And if they are received, I believe we will all benefit from what they have to say. And that's my mm. perspective on it, on the artist community. I, I definitely agree, and I definitely believe that people are always judgmental and always going to be judgmental and have a, a, a point of view. And, you know, like we all have behinds, we all have one. But I think in poetry, our gift is the expression. Our right is to share that. And that's why I really enjoy your show because it's definitely a judgment-free zone. I've heard some of everything shared on here, you, and you respond so eloquently and, and so polished, as, as they would say. But as poets, I think we have that right, and it's our obligation mm-hmm. to support one another um, and be there for one another, just like culturally. That's our obligation to each other is to love and support each other so, you, my dear, mm-hmm. are a reflection of the love and support that you give me. So it's very easy to love someone who's open to love and who doesn't consider it a weakness or a travesty. But you're a reflection of what you give out, Miss Fran, and that's that's the bottom line dollar truth. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. That's good to hear. And I believe I have to say, um, not just because you're saying something that's positive and something that's good about me, but I believe that that is truly true about me, and I definitely will live up to that as well. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. definitely do that. <laughs> you, you do, and you know what? I, now I, I won't be long because this is the queen of the hours night, um, but I had a friend tell me the other day, she said, could you call such and such as that girl get on my nerves, but for some reason she just can talk to you. And I said, because I talked to her. Now, everybody's mm. not going to respond the same, but generally, if you put out in the atmosphere what you want to get, it'll mm-hmm. come back to you. And I believe the parable said a soft answer turns away wrath, and it really does. It's hard yeah. for somebody to argue and be nasty by themselves unless they just want to look schizophrenic. That's their choice. But, you mm-hmm. know, we, we have to give out what we want to get back, and I think that's what's going to help us survive and move forward to the next chapter is that love, and I think that's what I really loved about Charleston was that they didn't riot, they didn't fight, they didn't mm-hmm. burn nothing down. Them people collected themselves together and did yes, what indeed. we have done throughout the ages and led with love and peace and got more done by than people that burn the communities and all mm-hmm. of that. But I, I really... Um, you have to admire the spirit that was there of love and of unity. Yes. So they, oh, my. They, yes, indeed. It was still power. They still got their flag out of there. They mm-hmm. still had their voice heard. And that, you know, that uh, troubled, devilish soul that he is, and I'll leave it like that, will, uh, mm-hmm. you know, get his. But what um, I would definitely like to share a piece. Um, yes, please do. Yeah. And um, from you and the other queen and, and just get some feedback because I'm actually blessed to go to Chicago in August. Okay. Um, I'm a little nervous about that and do a feature, but um, sharing it with poets to just get some feedback on it and uh, some constructive feedback. Is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the title is going to be Deceitful Faces. That's what's coming in my head about it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Dear King, did you ever think about the lonely nights and the petty fights, the need to prove your innocence when you know you were living every which way but right? Did you think about the games and the cold-hearted eyes of lies? And that day that she'd say enough is enough and finally tell you goodbye. Did you think about the time that you both invested, the rhythm and the rhyme? Night after night, as you roamed the club, did you forget about her loyalty, her strength, her love? Was she even a fleeting thought as you cheated on her heart? And although the heart is simply an organ, but it led to the chambers of her mind that beat for you. How could you not realize that those worthless, infamous acts were ripping her mind apart? And it's so sad that you doubted her intuition as if her God-given insight was sleeping as you pursued adulterous missions, brother, brother, dear king, you were slipping. Do you remember the time she prepared you meals and feasts fit for the most royal king? And afterwards, making sweet, succulent love to you, and you never thought enough of her to give her a ring, but to her it didn't matter. She wasn't concerned about your bank account or the bling. She was a real woman, a lady, a queen. Her only concern was pleasing her baby while you were content and willing to live deceitful and shady. Dear king, if you ask me, I'm not standing in judgment of you, but brother, you were crazy. How could you look into eyes that led to a soul that lived solely for you, my brother? Please tell me what you were going through. And Sister Queen, did you ever think about his heart and how hard it was for him to trust? Did you think about your dignity and respect as you freely gave them away in the name of deception and lust? And did you use protection? As we both know, HIV is out here lethal like an injection. So, dear queen, I ask you, what was your perception? Mm. And I stand not in judgment of you, queen, because I've been young and done foolish things and get older and still do silly little things. But, dear queen, you had a king. And did you think about those arms that kept you safe and warm? Did his dedication travel through your thoughts as you allowed yourself to get lost in momentary pleasure? You were blessed with the type of man that some women pray for, and perhaps your mystery fling made you scream this thing. But did you think about asking your king to maybe get into some different erotic, naughty things? And now you both sit alone in solitude fills your home, and for what? Because you didn't think past that moment, you abandoned a special love that was divinely chosen, and your king held you down in a world where so many brothers are lost and don't realize their worth and treat our queens like ignorant clowns. They're queens. So I ask you, dear king and dear queen, and I admonish you, perhaps if you're blessed with the real love again, you will appreciate having a lover a gift, a treasure, a friend, mm-hmm. their king and their queen, born alike, and that's that piece. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome piece. Mm-hmm. This is what poets, this is what scribes do, ladies and gentlemen. 
they challenge you to self-reflect. A lot of times we get so caught up in the moment, per se. Our emotions rule us more than discretion. And we must learn to discipline ourselves. Bridle our lust. We know that we are very passionate creatures. We're born to react and respond based upon sensation. However, we need to always keep in mind there's a long-term effect of every action, pro or con. So what we do, we need to make certain that we're sowing good seeds, seeds that are going to reproduce a crop, one that is going to result in nurturing and upbuilding our community and not bringing it to further ruin. Mm -hmm. We can look around in society. We don't even have to look far. Mm. We need to look in the mirror first. Mm -hmm. We see what we have done to our own selves. It's easy to point the finger and point or shift blame. That's easy. It's easy to say he did it or she did it or they did it. But we need to examine our own self and admit our own faults and realize that we came short. There are some things that we did wrong, which led to a lot of consequences and a chain of reaction of consequences in our own lives. And it's time now to make right the wrong. Make amends. It's never too late. As long as you have breath in your body, you have a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, and so on and so on. Chance to do things the right way. Never Mm -hmm. let anyone tell you it's too late. If you open your eyes to a new day, it's now. Now meaning it's time to do what you should have done on yesterday. Mm, mm, mm. We can't, you know, unfortunately, this is just the the way it is. We can't undo what's already done, but we can change the course we're taking. Yeah. We I don't have to stay on a course that's going to lead us to ruin. We can change it. And it's so necessary because we have a higher a higher calling upon our lives. I believe this. I believe every writer, every scribe, every poet, every author, every literary artist, spoken word artist, we have a high calling. I believe it's a divine calling. Mm -hmm. And we've been gifted with a special gift. It's a blessing to be able to transmit knowledge, wisdom, 
and good understanding to others. And if we do well in doing what we have been gifted with that gift to do, we will not only save lives, we will preserve our own life and preserve the integrity of humanity. The integrity of humanity is, unfortunately, it is now at a deficit. There are not enough preservationists that are preserving the integrity of humanity. And we've got to return back to doing that. It's no excuse. We know a lot more today. We have access to a lot more today than our foreparents had access to. So we need to be more diligent. We need to discipline ourselves. We need to bridle our lust. We need to understand that, wait a minute, yes, I may have these feelings or emotions and desires, but it may not be expedient for me to act upon them. Why? Because am I lawfully doing this? Is it in the context of being an appropriate act at this time? And if it's not, then I will be violating him. I will be violating her. We will be violating each other. We have to remember, sex is a sacred act. I think a lot of us don't hear that said enough, and I know our youth aren't being taught that enough. It is a sacred act. It is an act where two become one. Two flesh become one. A soul tie is formed. It is not something to be engaged in lightly. And love is supposed to be the catalyst when you are in sexual intimacy. It's supposed to be a love, love-making session. And if there's anything apart or aside from that, then you have degraded the act from its origin, what it was naturally created for. And, yes, the outcome is supposed to be to produce another life. So we need to remember respect of oneself is respect of someone else. When you have self-respect, you will respect life in general. And that's so necessary today. We're not seeing enough R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Sex, we're seeing a lot of sex. People are sexing themselves out. Like you max out a credit card, they're just sexing themselves crazed. But we're not seeing enough dignity. We're not seeing enough respect. And the love is what's lacking. Right. So, you well, know, we've got something to work on. We, we, we have to, queens and kings, it starts and ends with us. We're talking about kings and queens, kingdom building. When you talk about community, you're talking about kingdom building because we're kings and queens. 
if we're going to build up the community, we've got to be more dignified. I believe mm-hmm. the rulers and 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 the kings and queens were also called dignitaries. That mm-hmm. means they had dignity. So that's what's lacking. We've got to uh, revisit those principles and and good values that our people have always cherished. It's been traditional for our people to cherish these things, but we've been conditioned to not cherish those things. So we've we've got to return back to our true origin and the traditions of our people, which were dignified traditions. Amen. Yes, indeed. Amen. I want to thank uh, Queen Lydia, born to write cook, because I really like that piece. That's that's a that's a real talk piece right there. You you just you have to respect that piece. Mm-hmm. It's something you salute. It's something you submit to, and you want to hear it. Again, you don't just want to hear it one time. I definitely look forward to her uh, reading that one more time when she calls into the show again at another on another Tuesday because I definitely want more people to hear that piece. It's on point, and it's for, for now. Mm-hmm. It's a message well, for now. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. With someone, thanks. Thank you so much, friend. I, I appreciate the the feedback, but more importantly, I appreciate your message to our people. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and your the heart and the passion that you have to see and affect change, and you affect so much change spiritually when you speak. There's a difference mm. between someone who speaks to be heard and someone yeah. who speaks to share. And you are that speaker that speaks to share. Thank you. And um, I appreciate you. I'm just so grateful, you know, that the bond between a poet or a spiritual connection just cannot be explained. If you'd have told me 10 years ago that I feel (laughs) this way about someone that I've never laid eyes on because I'm so old school. Like, I got to, you know, back in my day, I got to look at you. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Um, But... um, you know, your message, your method, your tact, you are definitely a a lady. You and and um Lady Love, Miss Lois Shaw, y'all stick out in my in my mind and, and definitely Mother O of like pillars and yes. if you will in this blog community poetic world or whatever we're you know, we're in, but it's it's, it's amazing and I thank you. And you whew, you put something on my mind tonight again. You're welcome. So. <laughs> You're wel- and best of success to you on your feature in Chicago. I know that they are going to truly be delighted with what you're going to bring to them. I am I'm excited terrified. For I'm already terrified. My sister, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> my sister first told me if you're going to do it, scared you do it. You got something to say, mm-hmm. Okay, it's just a memory tactic, but I'll, I'll, I'm trying to work on that, my memorization skills. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm not going to say they're terrible. I'm going to speak life over them. They need work. They're mm-hmm. good, they need work. But thank you so much. Now, you I'm know, here. I want to share something. A lot of people don't realize. A lot of your your main poets or your major poets, they read mm-hmm. when they do uh, features and open mics. And that's because they've written so much. And I, one of the criteria, I don't mean to cut you off, but the criteria of, of accepting this feature is that the host wants you wants the pieces memorized. They don't want you reading. So I've never actually been put in this position before. Usually when I'm blessed to share, I can, you know, read my pieces and it flows better because it's mm-hmm. not the pressure of thinking that I missed something, that I... Did I not, you know, but that's just one of the criteria, and we've got to crawl before we run our, you know, do our thing. So um, y'all keep me in thought and prayer, please, because I don't we want to We sure will. We sure will. And you'll do fine. And I would encourage you to read a piece that you're comfortable with mm-hmm. or read pieces, you know, that, of course, you did memorize, but you're comfortable with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Yeah, but they do not allow you. If you have your phone or anything to read, you will not be on the stage that night. And I'm like, wow. But, you know, and it's an opportunity because it's Chicago and it's a chance to share the message with mm-hmm. other poets and, and people. So, you know, I was like, well, I'm sure challenges come every day. So that's been one of my fears. So I just got to knock it out the box like we do. Mm-hmm. right? And don't be <laughs> afraid, do too, to do freestyle. Oh, man. Yeah, don't fear that. Seriously, a real poet knows it. It comes from the heart. It comes from the soul. You don't have to have written it down to spit it. It comes from within. So uh, challenge yourself in that regard, too, because if you know if I do this piece, I'm going to have to hold the paper and read from then don't. Do that piece. Do something in that moment that pertains to that time, and it'll be effective. You gotta be confident. That's another thing. We as artists need to be more confident, and don't be afraid to walk the waters. If you don't walk the waters, you will never know you can't sink. You gotta try to fly. Part. I mean, you know, like birds. I love it. Our friend, you are the truth. Do you understand me, Queen? <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Like your wisdom. If I mm-hmm. had you in my teenage years, I'd probably be a world renowned secret poet right now. Come but on. Anyway, but you uh, know you're gonna do it anyway. <laughs> it's never too late. It, 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 I hear you again. I think my confidence is cool. It's just I don't wanna I don't want to, I guess, I don't want to make a fool of myself. That's I ain't no pretty way to say it. I don't, I will not, you know. And this one guy that's a, that's a performer, he's done, like, off-Broadway shows, and he's done all this good stuff, and mm-hmm. I'll have the opportunity to meet him. And I was like, you know, with, like, one piece of advice. And I thought he was going to come with this big thing. I had my pen out, my pen. He said, Queen, you got it. All you want to do is make your crowd remember you. I was like, "What?" That's right. That was that's all. Now I'm that's good say. advice. Leave something with them that that they can ponder over. Well, 
Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna keep you good people any longer. I'm gonna <laughs> sit back on the on the friend on the sage couch and and get my chill on. And I just um, peace and blessings to everybody that um, is listening and and poets keep pinning and be inspired and mm-hmm. be, be good to you and someone else. Thank you, thank you, lady. Hey, thank you, Lydia, your queen, Lydia. Yes, indeed. You're you want to do excellent. Darling. You're so welcome. You're and you know so what? Quiet. That's called nervous energy, uh, <sighs> Lydia. Believe you me, it happens to the best of us, all of us. That's a good thing. That's nervous energy. That's creativity stirring in your belly. Oh, okay. Yes, well, then ma'am. I'm full of that. <laughs> Once you get up there, it's going to all just flow. You just watch and see. And don't be afraid to freestyle a little, too. No doubt. Mm-hmm. I heard you, Queen. One Look, because they don't days. even know the poem. You the one that know it. So if yeah. you forget it, you just freestyle and vibe. <laughs> All right. That's it. All right. uh, one love, Fly, y'all. Queen. <laughs> <laughs> you know you an eagle. Fly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. Yes, indeed. We got, it looks like, uh, Queens of Poor right now. You have yes. one more article to read, and then we're going to Southwest Georgia. Yes, I'm going to uh, have one more article. I'm just going to read, you know, two pieces from it, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to uh, call it a night. Okay. All right. Now, uh, this article is FA, is titled FAQ on Literary Agents and Publishing, and Adler and Robin Book Inspiration Report. Copyright Adler and Robin Books Incorporation. The website is www.adler, spell A as in Apple, D as in Dig, L as in Larry, E as in Earl, R as in Rita, books.com forward slash M-O-S-T-A-S-K dot H-T-M-L. Hmm. Uh, here's a question. How long does it take for an agent to make a successful sale? Like most things, that depends. Four to five weeks is the norm, but there are plenty of reasons why this norm gets violated. At certain points during the year, such as August, Thanksgiving, Christmas, publishers and sales conferences, and the annual American Booksellers' Convention, the publishing world slows considerably. Most publishers use a committee to decide whether to make an offer on a book. This editorial committee, which for some publishing companies includes sales representatives, may meet only once a week or once every two weeks. If your book looks as if it could pose legal problems, publishers might want their legal department to look at to take a look at the proposal. All these factors can slow down the decision-making process. And the final question, how long will I have to write the book? That's something your agent negotiates for you, so be sure to tell your agent ahead of time how long you want to write the manuscript and include this information in the proposal. Sometimes a publisher may want a manuscript delivered sooner for marketing or other reasons, your agent will negotiate the due date in that case, consulting with you during the process. 
Okay. Does anyone have any questions for Queen Zipporah Thelman before she exits off the panel of the show tonight? Remember, this is the Publishing Tips Hour, so if you have any questions regarding publishing, now is your opportunity to ask your question and to receive a full answer. I'm going to start with Texas. Texas, Mr. and Poet Ken, do you have a question for Queen Zipporah? Uh, no, I'm actually, I'm actually good tonight. I was going to take my take on the uh, the, the feature kiss you had, like, earlier. Oh, okay. What, what was his name? Jack somebody. Yes, uh, John Paul Jack Harris. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that Jack Harris. I was, actually, when I was listening to that, that song that, that, that you played earlier, mm-hmm. that was, like, a very, very wonderful song. And I was trying my best, like, to like find a picture to go with that. Mm. trying to create a poem. I haven't quite created one yet. But I have like okay. a couple of pictures about it when you talk about Mother Earth and all that. Yes. Well, you know, I posted on the events page. I want to urge you to visit the events page when you have time tonight. You will find all of the links. You'll find the links to Mr. Harris' uh, website. A whole lot of pictures are there. Beautiful pictures of wildlife and wildlife reserves. Um, also, a whole lot of um, information is there as well. And the Team Earth T-shirt is there. It's a beautiful shirt. I'm definitely going to order one. And his book, Beyond My Wildest Dreams, very informative uh, book. And in case you didn't hear the entire interview from the beginning to the end, he shared a lot of information, even pertaining to government and uh, the uh, National Defense Authorization Act. And uh, indefinite detainment, this act gives government the power to arrest anyone without due process, meaning without you having an attorney. Um, It totally goes against the the, uh, Liberty or Libertarian Reform Act. Uh, So we have a lot that we need to review regarding our rights regarding the laws and how they in, they either support and protect our rights or they impede on us and infringe upon our rights and we need to know what laws and are passed that are doing just that so um it, it was a very informative interview I will definitely have the archive link available on tomorrow, but for now you can go on the events page on Facebook for Exceptional Scribble, and this is episode 64, and you'll find a whole lot of a wealth of information there about what um, Mr. Jack Harris, the message that he has, because he's on a mission. Um, as he shared, he is diagnosed with cancer, so he's undergoing chemo treatment. But before he, um, he said he doesn't know how much time he has left in this form, but before his exit date, he wants to make certain that he has spread the word and uh, given his message that he believes the Creator has given him to give to us 
as humanity. He said, because there's only one race, and that race is humanity. And I strongly affirm that. He said, we may have different shades, we may speak different tongues, but we're all one race. Mm -hmm. And that race is in jeopardy of extinction because of the way we've been living. There's some things we have to to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Queen Fran, this is yes. Queen before. Mm-hmm. And so uh, before I close out, oh, I'm sorry, is the, the caller, is he done talking? I didn't want to interrupt. Ken, did you have any more questions? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much done with the questions and all that. And before, before you know, Queen Spore leaves, I, once again, I just want to say I, I appreciate, you know, you know your intake on the on the uh, form that I did, and like I said, it was one of those that was kind of difficult to, to recite and all that. Mm-hmm. But it was much needed to to do so because you never know who whose life you're gonna affect once once a person leaves this earth, no matter what they've been hit with. But whatever they went through in life, something about them that touches your heart, touches your life in a way that it changes you. In a good way, and you, whatever they pass on to you, you'll be able to pass it on to somebody else. And what this gentleman did here tonight, what he shared with with the audience here tonight, is much needed that we needed to know. And so, whatever, whoever he shared that shared it with him, he's passing that same thing to mm-hmm. us. And we just got to keep this whole humanity thing going because you hit you hit it on you hit you hit the head on that one. This one, Francine, with this one, so you know. We just got to keep this thing going all together. And all I have to say is good night to you, Queen Sephora. And like I said, thank you once again. And hopefully I hear back from you next week. All right, Ken. Yes, thank you, uh, Queen Sephora, for all that you shared on the panel tonight during the Publishing Tips Hour. And don't forget to post the information on the Exceptional Scribble Show fan page, and I will in turn uh, do a poster to share that with others. All right, and so I'm going to uh, close out with this final question. Mm-hmm. How long can I expect it will be between when my manuscript is delivered and the book is published? Publishers work in season. That is, books are published for a spring, summer, fall, or winter list so that they coincide with the publisher's catalog, marketing pushes, and other quarterly events. Some publishers have four seasons. Others have just two or three. So if there's a brief period of time between when you deliver your manuscript and the next publishing season, the publisher Mm -hmm. may wait until the following season before your book is published. Usually it takes three to six months between when your manuscript is delivered, and when it is published. Excellent. That's very important news. That's good news. That's good information. Thank you so much for sharing that, Queen Zipporah. You're welcome. And Queen Zipporah, I bid you a very peaceful and restful evening. Thanks again for what you brought to the table in the panel, and we look forward to to you sharing that information on the Exceptional Scribble Show fan page. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, Queen Fran. And um, I also learned, you know, tonight from the callers and everybody else on Exceptional Scribble.
with their poems and other you know and the things that they were talking about. Wonderful. That's it. It's a fair exchange. That's that's what this is. This show was created for. We all have something to share. We all have something to say. So thank you for sharing, and thank you to all the callers as well for yeah. sharing. We have. Um, all right. Good night. And one other thing, Phil is that we know with the poem and what uh, Lydia going to write has said. You know, I you know I've already her poem. I already, you know, read about it and all. It was just told, you know, in a different form. But it was the same information. Hmm. Okay. So we have an echo here. A lot of times as writers, we do. We echo with one voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, different form. I mean, it's the same information, Mm -hmm. but it's told, you know, from a different, you know, um, viewpoint and form. Yes, indeed. I always say it's like an echo because it's the same voice, the same message is being told. Just a different a uh, vessel, just a different medium, a different scribe or poet. Mm-hmm. Thanks again. You're welcome, and good night, everyone. <clears throat> this is Queen Sarah Salmon signing off. Until next time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm welcoming now uh, the caller from Southwest Georgia. Welcome. Caller from Southwest Georgia. Hello. Welcome, caller from Southwest Georgia. Are you there? Okay. Caller from Southwest Georgia. I'm not getting any response from Southwest Georgia. Southwest Georgia, welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. This is Fran the Sage Poet. Hello. And, hi, yes. Is this the caller from Southwest Georgia? Yes, how you doing, Ms. Francine? Hi, I'm fine. Please give your full name. Um, Philip Barry, and finally I got through, finally. Okay. Well, we're glad that you got through. And um, share with us, uh, you are a writer, correct? Yes, yes. I'm a God's messenger and writer and uplifter. Okay. Now, repeat that for me again. Uh, I am God's messenger and writer. Whatever he mm -hmm. says, I write it down. Okay. So that's a scribe, yes. A scribe, a messenger, and a writer, correct? Yes. And a poet, correct? Yes, and it feels so wonderful. (laughs) Okay. Well, we welcome you. This is a platform that does embrace all literary artists of every genre, and also we embrace the artist community as a whole. And we are a platform as well for artists to come to and to receive uh, insight as well as to uh, get feedback. If you wrote a piece and you would like to get responsive feedback from a live audience, this is the platform created for that to happen. So whatever you have that you would like to share, feel free to share it with everyone. Oh, sure, Francine. And um, this is the poem which um, I'm sure you read. It's called Grandmama, and I want to dedicate this poem to all the grandmothers out there, even those who went on to glory. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Okay, it's called Grandmama. 
There was a sweet little old lady who we all loved and called Grandma. Grandma was so anointed by God that the hands that she was blessed with could touch and bring anything that was once dead back to life. Grandma was so full of the Holy Ghost that she would wake up on that beautiful Sunday morning worshiping and playing her famous tambourine. She was such a wise and praying mother that she turned many nightmares into many countless blessings into her spiritual, self-fulfilling, prophesying dreams. Grandma was so lovable and sweet that she baked me one of those homemade apple pies. Then she smiled and looked directly at me and said, Baby, I ain't going anywhere because of God's favor and grace. He promised to keep me well in the life. Hmm. Beautiful poem. Thank you. Beautiful poem. And what a very dear dedication to dedicate that to all who have experienced having a grandmother who has transitioned and departed from this world onto the next. I received that because I have one grandmother who has departed from this life onto the next. So thank you. I, I um, was encouraged listening to it, and my grandmother uh, was one that would bake. She was a baker. She could throw things together from scratch, and anything that she cooked, she did it in love. So it was always delicious on many levels. So yeah. I can appreciate that poem, and she was a prayer warrior. She was one that she prayed with the Spirit, and you felt the power of the Almighty when she prayed for you. You knew that the prayer uh, was ushered into the throne room and that the prayer was heard. So I can relate to that piece. I um, would like to know, um, is that a poem that's published in a book? Oh, yes, ma'am. It's, it's in my book, um, you know, Testimony of One's True Greatness, which is actually um, one of those uh, uplifting books in which I've always said is actually the anthem and the theme of today's problems and issues that I really believe that the world not only needs to read it, but needs to know that God has that back at all times. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well stated as well. And I just want to share with everyone that um, author, this is a published author that you are hearing on the mic tonight on the panel, The Exceptional Scribble Show, and he is Mr. Philip Barian, is that correct? Barian. Barian, okay, he is Mr. Philip Barian, and he will be a feature artist and guest in the spotlight on the panel, The Exceptional Scribble Show, on August the 4th. I repeat, Tuesday, August the 4th. And the interview hour on the Exceptional Scribble Show is always from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. And we're going to have the following topic on that date, how to compose a good book with few errors. And the focus word is creativity because, yes, in order to compose a book with few errors, you have to be clever to do that. You have to be a creative mind artist. So we're going to have a good time on that date, ladies and gentlemen, and I urge everyone to join us then. Again, that date is Tuesday, August the 4th, 2015, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The interview hour is from 8 till 9. If we do go over time, it will be from 8 till 9.15. And keep in mind, we do have a topic, and that topic is how to compose a good book. 
with few errors, and the focus word is creativity. And I'm going to ask you, Mr. Uh, Philip Berrien, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. How long have you been writing poetry? Well, you know, Francine, I've been writing the poems for like a um, you know, long time because uh, I really believe that the gift comes mm-hmm. from the Almighty's above. And people always ask me, they say, well, what really, really inspires you to write your poems? And I always tell them, you know, the friend of me just ask, you know, profound as I can, that you get inspired by life. You get inspired by what you see every day. You get inspired by experiencing things that's probably on your control. And sometimes you really, really have to write down things that really not only motivate you, but inspires you. And it, it, it really, really brings up the creativity and what God has already placed inside of you. Okay. Well, that was a good answer and a full answer. I think that's important to know. A lot of times uh, people don't understand uh, the passion that an artist has for doing what they love. And the key is they are inspired. And whenever you're inspired to do a thing, it's something that you flow in doing. Um I understand that, yes, writer's block is a reality or writer's cramp. However, when you're doing what you love, for the most part, it's something that you couldn't imagine not doing, meaning you do it all the time mostly. You're doing it every day. There's a certain portion of your day as a scribe when you're scribing, as a poet when you are writing poetry or spitting, what's referred to as spitting, which is reciting (laughs) poetry. Uh Um, So if it's something that you claim holds to as being your passion, that's something that you couldn't imagine not doing. So it's more than just a hobby. You know, hobbies are fun. Um, A lot of times favorite pastime. Uh, activities, but a passion goes a little deeper than that. You would stop your day job to do whatever it is that's your passion. So I encourage everyone, if you're an artist, I'm not encouraging you to quit your day job until your passion is going to be supported and financed in such a way where you can let your day job go. (laughs) But for right now, keep your day job and keep doing what you love. You know why? Because it keeps you alive. It will keep you vibrant. It will invigorate you. You will stay inspirational and inspired. And that's key, especially living in a world where there's so much adversity and animosity which you're going to have to face on a day-in, day-out basis. You need to keep anything in your life that's positive, proactive, and pro-life, anything that's going to keep you thriving, that's what you need to harness the most. So stay inspired. Um, That poem was inspiring. Oh, thank you, Francine. Francine, I just want to, you know, say this. Um, when I uh, wrote the poem, you know, Grandmama, and I want your whole audience to, to know this. I know you did uh, re- uh, reiterate it behind your little still grandmother. And mm-hmm. me and my mother, we we had a conversation uh, the other night. Me and my mother, you know, she's a pastor, and we're like, um, 
you know, night verse, which I will get into more detail when we actually do the full interview. That way your audience will know about my whole past. And um, we was talking about, like, how, you know, like, the reiterated about how grandmother was actually the key, the cornerstone of the family where, you know, they made sure that everybody was in their rightful places. And mm. thing, the saddest thing about this is, and I'm sure, you, you know, you're, you're close to to this too, that the question is, where are the grandmas, where are the mothers of the church, mm. where are the mothers who were able to sit down and tell this young generation things that they should be doing, and at the same time, they don't wind up doing them. And where are the mothers to really, really instill in them, you know, that hope, that consistency, and that self-respect? And it's really, really sad, Francine, because, you know, we don't really see mothers, I mean, elder mothers as we are accustomed to seeing them, like, reiterated, they're all either, you know, going home to be with the Lord, and they're probably doing, you know, something else, and, you know that's that's really the big question is where where is the uh, the elders to show the young generation that what they're doing is not acceptable? Mm, 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 mm. Where are the mothers? That's a message right there. That question, it's yes, it is a potent uh, message, a message that is one of inquiry and to be directed to address the elders in the community because the elders are supposed to be the ones that know. They're supposed to be the ones that transmit the knowledge to the younger generation. So if we're having to ask where are they, that's a sad state of affairs. We should not be in that condition as a community. We should have evolved and advanced further ahead than this. Um, We should be respectful where we honor our mothers and fathers as the the children or the youth. And then as the parents, we should be respectful where we don't despise the youth. But we understand that, yes, they're strong. They can carry on where we left off. Mm-hmm. where, you know, we don't have maybe the wherewithal, the strength like we once did. They do. All they need for us to do is to guide them, give them the directives, and they can take it where it needs to go. So we've got to work together. We've got to come together. The young and the old have to come together and unite. And that's what it's all about, Francine, because, you know, like I said again, I'm sure you've seen um, – all the stuff that's going on, you know, with, you know, our young people and, you know, mm-hmm. dying, you know, left and right. And, I, and I've, and I've always said this stuff to my mother, you know, who's talking about this. And I said to myself that we see so many graveyards that's filled with young people who not only don't have, you know, that role model or that, you know, elder to teach them that this is the way they're going. Francine, and, and, and like you had said earlier, if we don't come together to, to really, really invest in this new generation, we're going to continuously lose them minute by the minute. And I've always said that, you know, death has no sympathy and bullets have absolutely no name on it. And that's just the reality. Mm. That is true. That is the reality. And knowing that we have to be wise because it's true. Death has no sympathy, and bullets have no names. 
Thank you. We're going to end on that note. We're going to end on that note. Well, I want to thank you uh, for calling in. I have a song that I'm going to play at this song, at this time, and it's by a uh, gospel and spiritual uh, sing, singing group, and they are local artists here in the city of Philadelphia in the state of Pennsylvania. I am blessed to announce that I am relative to the actual business manager and the writer of this song, and um, uh, some of the singers and writers from the group. So I'm going to play this song, and what I'm going to ask is uh, anyone that hears this song, because uh, they are on a mission. They have a CD now, which is soon to be released and on the market, but they want to get responsive feedback from a live audience. So I told them what I can do is um, play the song on my show, and then anyone that would like to share or render or give feedback, you're welcome to do so. Just Facebook inbox message me and let me know what your feedback is, what your opinion is about what you heard, about the music, about the the vocals, um, about the entire track that's heard. So I'm going to play it. This song is entitled, Tell Me About Yahweh. And for those of you who who may not know, the God of the Hebrews or the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob does have a name. I know we're so accustomed here in this land, in this country, um, we're so accustomed to just calling him God. But to be more specific, his name is Yahweh. And there are are other descriptive names that describe his character. Many say Yehovah Nisi, Yehovah Sikhanu, Yehovah Shalom, but his name is Yahweh. And for those of of us who serve him, who are his sons and daughters, we call him our Heavenly Father. So hear the song and uh, feel free to inbox message me, Francine Elizabeth. Natal, and uh, I go by the name Fran the Sage Poet as the host of the Exceptional Scribble Show. Enjoy. Tell me about myself I just need 
about the love Yahweh had for us. He Yahshua for favor and liberty. Tell me about the blood he shed on Calvary. Thanks me of all my iniquity. I don't want nobody tell me about myself. I just need somebody. Yahweh's hand for peace and security. He rose again in the fullness of his glory with victory over the grave and the sting of death. Mm, I don't want nobody tell me about myself. I just need somebody tell me about Yahweh. Mm, I don't want nobody tell me about myself. I just need Yeah. 
Okay, again, that was Tell Me About Yahweh by the New Faith Singers. For anyone that would like to render their responsive feedback, feel free to Facebook inbox message me. I am Fran the Sage Poet, the host of The Exceptional Scribble Show, and my full name is Francine Elizabeth Natal. I look forward to receiving your responsive feedback, and I will relay that information to the New Face Singers. And, yes, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Also, let me inform you of what to expect on next week. On next week, which is July the 7th, we are fortunate to have in the spotlight as our feature artist, Mr. Anwar Samuel. Again, I repeat, Mr. Anwar Samuel. And the topic will be his book. So, again, we have a published author that will be on the panel of the Exceptional Scribble Show, ladies and gentlemen. And his book is entitled 23, the number 23, Hard Work and Dedication. I love that title. Hard work and dedication. And he is a young poet. This young man truly is inspiring. I am so inspired by him. Uh, He is a father, a dedicated father, a young and dedicated father, educated young man. Uh, He is a big brother to a younger sister. And he has so many good traits and characteristics. I know that we haven't seen the best of him yet. There's more to come. But um, he has done a major, major achievement at an early age. To be a published author of a book of quality poetry, that doesn't come easy. And he has written about many things which are key elements in life. So I encourage everyone to tune in on next week, which is July 7th, 2015. Of course, you know we come to you live, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, early daylight time. And when you come, come right, come with your pen, your pencil, your notebook, your iPad, whatever you have in your possession to take good notes because you will want to. There's so much to learn. I promise you so much to know. And I will help you to reach that goal. Learning is the goal. Every show, this platform was created for the purpose of enrichment, ladies and gentlemen. It's all about learning all that you can and then sharing that knowledge with others. And for today, we want our youth to receive this knowledge because this is going to benefit them largely. It's what they need to progress forward. I want to say thank you to everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, And thanks to all the poets who did recite poetry on tonight's show. Your poetry was exceptional. I look forward to you coming again and sharing your poetry. And listen, if you didn't get a chance 
to share it on the platform tonight. There's always next Tuesday. Yes, indeed, you heard it from me, and I am serious about that. I look forward to you coming back next Tuesday and sharing that fine art poetry because that's exactly what poetry is. Poetry, which is quality poetry, is always considered fine art by such an artist as me. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm going to recite a poem, which is entitled Troubled Waters. I am the author of the poet, Francis Poet. I'm the author of the poem, Troubled Waters. Singing the blues when the sky has turned black is the ultimate confession. You are not lying, simply testifying. How long will we continue to pray and kill? The Constitution has become a blur. Our dining rooms are slaughterhouses. We lament because we murder our advocates. The offspring we bring into this world. We need to reimburse the elders, hope in their eyes, uplift them, and honor their sacrifices. We must restore unto the needy the will to survive. Holding up both hands as your rights are being read, a perfect submission, cancer in remission. Removing the cloak of deceit has its advantages. Trials will end divine revelation. Troubled waters are the scorn we have conjured up. The angels weep as we sleep because harmony is unknown in this zone. We have prostituted our minds for a limelight that will never fully satisfy. Our focus has become distorted. We are akin to Delilah. We seduce our men and women to induce them into slavery. Our attractions are fatal. Troubled waters are the yokes, the incurable wound that defiles us, causing us to become disproportionate, unsettled, and befuddled. A wicked work is evident, but our eyes have closed to it. We sleep in a bed that has no bottom. We descend further and further into hell with every vain imagination we succumb to. Our dream is a lying vanity. Troubled waters are our uncertain past, the choices we make void of discretion, the voices we are attentive unto that give us no sound judgment. Troubled waters don't carry us home. They drive us away. They take us into the depth of life's ocean where The sharks reside. They sicken our hearts and drown us within the deep. Troubled waters assault us. They give us a fatal jolt unto death. Troubled waters supplant us and harvest our souls, making us pray to the elite. As the moon rises in its full phase, the pool is greater and the tide rises higher. In the crimson tide, adversity abides, but the moon's light veils the oppression. 
making the beauty of the night the only glory revealed. Winds abate and the darkness fades. Seemingly the storms are all overpassed, yet and still we shrill in agony as the claws of the night creatures ravish us like a ravenous wolf. We submit to imprisonment only to witness the dawning of a new day. No hint of freedom can exist in the midst of a hotbed of lies. We wrestle in the night. We fight. The lords of the princes of the tides of vow to stop our ascent. We hide away until their threat is absent. Troubled waters are incumbent ordinances. They have a cause and an effect. Without such, we will vanish into thin air and never understand why universal laws are unchanging. We disintegrate when we deny ourselves the opportunity to grow in spirit. We evolve, evolve when we honor our elders and follow after peace. Troubled waters evoke discernment. We learn from them. They are things we reflect upon, life lessons, personal encounters that remedy us from within a solution and not the problem. We can breathe if we raise our thinking to a higher level above that of the world system. We can breathe again when we de-escalate the swelling of the troubled waters through our good deeds. Troubled waters are the deepest and most absolute, a terrible act. But consequently, the levees don't break and are sustained. Castaways are reconciled. No more exes. Immediate families are reunited. None are taken away from their estates. Troubled waters describe our past and not our present state. Delhi initiates are embraced. The falling branches that dispersed are reattached to their family tree. Never rejected. The miracle of life is disclosed. Tales of past legends told. Troubled Waters, a poem by Francine Elizabeth Natal, otherwise known as Fran the Sage Poet and the host of the Exceptional Swivel Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you for joining me on the panel of the Exceptional Scribble Show on tonight, and please join me on next week, July 7th. Again, the Spotlight feature artist will be Anwar, Mr. Anwar Samuel. The topic is his book, which is entitled 23, Hard Work and Dedication. Focus words, observe, yes. You've got to see it sometimes first. Before you can do it, you've got to see it for some occasions, ladies and gentlemen. Have a wonderful evening, and I will make certain to post the archive link for all who could not.
Tune into the show from the beginning to its ending. And note this, when you visit the Exceptional Scribble Show fan page on Facebook, yes, we have a fan page, the Exceptional Scribble Show, you will see highlights from tonight's show. So please visit the fan page tomorrow and receive the things that you need. Thank you so very much. Peace and blessings to everyone. Have a very peaceful evening. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.